Hello, friends. Welcome to Mavs Party. Are we excited about this? The Dallas Mavericks have traded their 26th pick. Who else? Uh, <laughs> Boban Marjanovic, Trey Burke, and Marquise Chris, and Sterling Brown to the Houston Rockets for uh, big man Christian Wood. Whoo, folks. Um, I've been having an evening. So this popped across my timeline, and it took me a little while to get settled and to get ready to go. Um, I am fascinated by this trade, and I have some takes. Um, I, I think that the trade is a net win is where I'm going to start with, and I am very interested in what you all think. So let's start talking and hear what people have to say. Coming up first, um, I saw Brett. What's up, buddy? Oh, hey, Kurt. Uh, my first question, and I think I saw someone um, in the chat at, uh, ask us as well, uh, but but this seems like that it that it would violate the you know the rule against the Mavs trading you know consecutive first round picks. Uh, but I would assume that the way they get around this is that they technically don't make the trade official until after the draft. That's correct. Yeah, that's that's correct. That, that, I mean, they'll draft whatever player and then and then just trade and then and then as long as the trade isn't finalized till then. Yeah, it's legal. Okay. Yeah, and then I mean the second thing is that I think that 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 it's a pretty low downside trade. I mean it is it is a bunch of players who would never play. Like none of those players, like probably were not going to be on the roster next season no matter what happened. Um, and as well as a pick that more than likely wouldn't contribute meaningfully in the next season or two, just, I mean, realistically speaking, yeah, yeah, I mean, mean, realistically, like obviously, you know, like obviously you can, you can always hope you can get like a Jalen Brunson in that range. And and there are players, you know, in any, at every draft who end up being like that. But I mean, realistically that is like, you know, that was not likely to happen. Like, and I don't know. And I, I understand that people who have watched Christian Wood and, have you know seen the pr- really terrible teams he's been on for the last three or four years, um, and you know have seen some of the, um, you know like the, you know I, I think at one point he was like fined by the team for um, something on the bench. But and, but my point like that is that you get him on a team that is trying to win, is not just kind of blankly tanking, and that I would guess that a lot of those issues go away, and especially the fact that. Um, as, as I think someone pointed out on on Twitter that um, that Sean Sweeney previously um, was the assistant coach in Detroit when he was there, and I would assume he was probably asked about that. Sure. And and, pro- and was probably able to give a pretty good you know insight into you know his work ethic, his like you know like and and th- those kind of concerns. Um, and and I would say that you know you have an example in this year's finals of a player who, you know, did have those, you know, that like, like was kind of tagged as having like a low motor in Wiggins. And obviously Wiggins is not like has much higher prospect pedigree compared to, to Wood, but they're both players who were on a relatively bad underperforming team, um, had, a, you know, a, a reputation for not trying that hard. Um, but then Wiggins, you know, was traded into a better situation where he was asked to do less um, and then really bought into being more of a connecting piece. 
and, and I would say that, that that is, you know, the hope that what the, the Mavericks would have for this trade. That, you know, he's already a very efficient offensive player and that you hope that on defense that he will be able to, you know, contribute and to learn the scheme and to, you know, be at least competent on that end. Well, so here's the thing. And there's a lot of chat and there's a lot of talk here. So he's a, it's going to be, he's a contract year guy, which is interesting. Um, I, I need people to understand though, that, that I want you to temper your expectations. Uh, man's 26. He has not stuck with any team and he was undrafted. And I, I, when I say I've not come across a person that has dealt with him on professional capacity that has a nice thing to say about him, I mean every single person. He may, I'm not saying he's a bad dude by any stretch, but he lacks to date, has lacked the professional aspect of being a professional basketball player. That is why he has not stuck. Um, there's a lot of incentive for him. But I think this is an interesting low-risk move is sort of where my initial take lies. Do you, do you think that, that's unreasonable? No, I mean, I, I, think that, I think that is completely reasonable. Like, I don't – I mean, I, I do think it is very just a very low-risk move. Like, I don't yeah. – I think that, you know – While opening up a lot of roster spots. Like, I, yeah. I, I hate to be that transactional about it, but it's just like – it's it's I mean and just just from that perspective and this is you know like it would it would save it would save that you know the, not that I care ever about saving the team money but it would save them money on just like having to cut those guys <laughs> right right it really would like it like really they were gonna really have would. to cut like Chris and and Burke and Brown anyway just because they were not gonna contribute but um I, I don't know I mean I would I would guess that this is just not the 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 final move they'll make in the off season. No, uh, no, of course not. I, I will no. be like like I'll be you know with Wood being on the team, it makes I mean Powell very even more you know expendable than he already was. In that you know he's clearly you know for you know he's he started on the team for so long you know he's a fixture on the team, but he he doesn't need like they don't need him like obviously it helps to have you know. A, a warm body on the bench to be able to play those back at five minutes. But I can't imagine that he would see more than like, even if he were on the team this next year, that he would see more than, you know, 10 to 15 minutes a game. Right. Right. Even right. Uh, um, uh, my, my colleague, Josh is somewhere in the chat and I, and I can't find him. Josh, can you talk or send a request so I can invite you up here? Brett, thank you so much for, for starting us off. Right. No problem. Thanks. All right. Um, coming up next, J- Jason, that was my bad, man. I was looking for, uh, I was looking for Josh in the chat and actually I sent you an invite button. Thank you for hopping up here, but if you got something to say, let us hear it. Oh yeah, sure. I'll, I'll hop on. Um, yeah, I guess, um, my initial reaction is, um, well, like the last guy was saying, I think it's just a very low risk move because essentially it's 26 for, for Christian Wood. And I mean, 26, like we've been saying, like it, realistically speaking, we weren't going to get a functional player that we need, especially in playoff minutes where our rotation was like incredibly 
limited. And so you, you put out three players that didn't get significant playoff minutes at all. And you bring in a guy who brings something to the table. Right. And the other thing, I mean, just about like, I guess the attitude thing, you know, you talked about, you referenced him being a drafted guy, you know, and I think right now in the league, one of the poster guys for undrafted guys is Dorian, Dorian Finney-Smith. And sure. we've heard a lot this season about how he's the heart of the team. He, like people listen when he talks, you know, so I'm banking on, you know, strong influences that he's not, he's not going to be the guy, the second or third guy, you know, and we heard similar things in PC about Dinwiddie and being, not a likable person and it's not it's apples and oranges but you know I, I i hear what you mean though you're 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 just talking about what happens if a guy gets in a new situation i i think sure. this is a fair take yeah and i think um i think just practically speaking i mean i i, I remember a few pods ago uh one of them you you were kind of frustrated with the team giving trey burke a three-year like guaranteed deal a couple seasons ago, and then Marquise Chris for some random ass reason they gave him a guaranteed contract again for the next couple of years. Right. Getting off of that money, like honestly, literally the saddest part is full bonding. Like to me, honestly, that's like the saddest part. Um, other than that, like I am, I will not lose an ounce of breast over whatever else is going going out the door and we're getting a guy with legitimate potential uh spotty history but hey i mean we didn't give up essentially anything i feel like we still have legitimate trade assets um and players that are somewhat movable in uh timmy and 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 powell if we're going to move off of that i still think we have a big need at a defensive like kind of strong, hefty center. Um, yeah. And, I mean, if Nico could pull this off kind of out of thin air, you know, I I guess, you know, he did he did Porzingis thing, trade deadline, he did this. You know, he's, he seems to be a magician. So, I guess at this point, Nico we trust. So, uh, here we go. Well, Jason, I, I inadvertently invited you up to speak. And much like, you know, much like our guy Christian Wood, you're, you're stepping up to the bat. So thanks for hanging out. Appreciate it. All right. Uh, up here on stage now, I got my guy, Josh Bowe, um, who we, he and I, you know, normally do our shows. If you listen to Mavs Moneyball podcast, which you should, if you're listening to this and not to that, you're very weird. Um, Josh, what's up? Nothing much. How are you doing? Well, you know, nice little uh, strange evening. My uh, child proceeded to barf as I press start on this show, which meant I had to hold in silence for about five minutes while the room was like, Kirk, what are you doing? That's but perfect. I think he's better. <laughs> so, he was very upset about Boban Lee, is, yeah. is the answer here. So He felt the disturbance in the, in the vibes. That's right. So I don't want to keep you all night because it's, again, a Wednesday in June. I don't know. Um, we can hang out though. We'll do this instead of doing our normal pod. I mean, if you want. That's what I mean. Is how about because what I'm going to do is I want to talk to you for a few minutes. I'm going to keep inviting people up. And so why don't you you hang out with us as long as you want and then bail till you don't. So sounds good. 
you were sort of running quarterback in our slack while I was uh, dealing with something <laughs> else. What is kind of the initial Mavs Moneyball reaction to this? And what is your initial reaction to this? Uh, I think our staff is mostly neutral to positive because it's just such a low risk move. And I think that's kind of how I feel about it too. Um, of course, you know, our staffer, Ben, who seems to always anguish uh, with Mavericks. Yeah, he's worse than uh, me. <laughs> he's had an hour roller coaster where he's like, I hate this. I love this. I hate this. Uh, so he's trying, we're trying to settle Ben down, but I think everyone else kind of understands the opportunity uh, the Mavericks took here. And yeah, my first thought is, I mean, you know, look, I talked to you a lot about a lot of stuff and we've talked about wood before, not necessarily like on a podcast, but on our Slack or, te- you know, just talking about players and stuff. And you're the NBA shadow broker and, and you talk to people that would know. And, you know, I don't know how many times you've told me that like this guy just, there's not good vibes coming from him. And like you said, I mean, people like go on the record and talk about how he's not, ever been remotely kind like how it's just like a lot of just very and you're gonna say oh that doesn't matter that doesn't matter and maybe doesn't but it's interesting is where my head is with it and right the the flip side to that for me is though this is not the locker room where you're an asshole like (laughs) like you think luca dinwiddie or brunson is gonna put up with a schmuck after going to the western conference finals exactly and you know, it's just tough, and it, it doesn't seem like he's like a like. The, I don't think the Mavericks should be worried about like him doing something like awful off the no, court. It's more just like players. in terms of being, mm-hmm. yeah, it's in terms of being like a professional. And yeah. from what you've been heard, it's just he just at every stop in his career, he has not shown that he's willing to put in the work to take kind of the next step and be more than a good stats, uh, bad team kind of guy, which is basically yeah. what he's been his whole career. I mean, he hasn't been on a winning team. I know the counter to that is, well, he's never been in a winning situation. Uh, let's see what it is. And that's a that's an appropriate counter. You know, it's just, it's just we have to talk about why was this guy available for scraps in the 26 overall pick if he's that talented? And that's the reason why. So Cause it, it's uh, got to be, it's got to be understood that the Rockets, the Houston yeah. Rockets, who are the worst team in basketball by some measures were like, Nope. Right. <laughs> they like, cause like Bill Simmons reaction was, this is all the Rockets got. And so there's just, <laughs> that's got to cause you to go, huh? Now right. Mark's fr- friend of the show, I love saying that. Friend of the show, Mark Stein, just said that that now the Mavericks are expected to retain Theo, which is fascinating because I I never wanted to say this out loud, but I'm going to right now. I was delighted that he was on the team. If they moved on from him, I would have gone, okay. I wouldn't have given it a second thought because he's like a 17th person. But if they're that invested in him, that speaks to something interesting to me. Yeah, totally. I mean, I, I think they wanted to – I mean – he seemed to, you know, he proved himself just by being a guy on the bench that causing chaos. And I wonder how many missed three pointers he caused just by yelling on the <laughs> at the end of the Mavs bench because I think that's like a real thing. Um, so that's nice. I mean, you know, that that also helps when you're bringing in a guy that's not necessarily his locker room guy that you can. If you're losing Boban, but you get to keep Theo, that that helps. Um, but yeah, it's just. I think a main point I want to say is I think a lot of people, a lot of Mavs fans are understandably like really excited and I don't blame them. And I, I keep seeing this thrown around and like, this is like a no risk move. Like it, it's just, you know, it's a win-win, you know, there's no risk, you know, they, they didn't give anything up, you know, there's nothing really to lose for them. 
and I, and I have to keep reiterating, and I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer, I promise, sure. that there's no such thing as a no-risk move in the NBA. And I understand that Wood is on an expiring contract, and I understand that the 26 overall pick is not that much to give up for his talent. And I understand the Mavericks, knowing the Mavericks draft history, that 26 pick wouldn't have amounted to much. Uh, and then, of course, uh, you know, the players that they traded, they're not going to miss. And he's not going to clog up their cap room because it inspired. Con- like, I get all that. But, like, there's still, like, he still has to play games this season. And if his fit doesn't work out, you know, if his, if the way he interacts in the locker room, if he brings down the room, if, if it's an awkward fit, kind of like how they try to integrate Przingis, because Wood is an offensive player. Like, he's, he gets touches. Like, he is not just a guy that, um, plays off of guards like a Dwight Powell. Like he wants it. I'm sure he wants touches just as much, uh, I don't know, maybe not just as much as KP, but he's that type of offensive player. He's not just a guy that sets screens and, and catches lobs. Like he likes to have offensive possessions unto himself. I mean, if that fit doesn't work cleanly, I mean, you're talking about a move that could potentially make this season maybe Go, fall a little bit under expectation and you know that's a risk right like I mean sure you can trade him at the trade deadline if it's not working but if if the Mavericks are like 500 at the trade deadline and Wood's not playing well and his attitude is kind of seeping into other aspects of the team like to me that's the risk like it doesn't just because you can trade him just because the players that they traded away aren't good, they aren't going to miss doesn't mean that like this is just going to be a win-win move now I, I want to preface that by saying the chances of, of what I described, that scenario, are low enough that, you know, I make this move 10 times out of 10. I just wanted to say, like, I think there's a lot of, like, well, how could you even question this deal? Like, there's no risk for the Mavericks. Like, that, you know, there's always something to risk when you're sure. acquiring a new player. And I just kind of wanted to make that point before we sure. talk about him. Well, the, the fun part about that versus, say, a Chris Dapps Porzingis um, is the simple fact of Porzingis with his bajillion dollar salary had a real argument to be made that he should be part of the offense guy making, I think it's like 9 million guy making like $9 million a year who has been on like, like, like I'm just going to be curious. How many teams this guy been on? He's Uh, He's making 14 million this year, 14 million. Okay. But it's it's a pretty good deal. Yeah. Pretty good deal. Like we're all mad when he, um, when when he signed it because we're like oh he was available why didn't we go get him like that was like the collect that was like the right. the, the general thing um and it, it's like like he doesn't really have cachet to come into this team and demand touches no he doesn't you're right and like so I said that, that's that's a low risk I didn't want to try to make it seem like that's what's gonna happen I just you know just there's always risk when you bring in a guy that has a little bit of a rep as a malcontent I think is a fair way to say it well yeah, this will be um, a seventh NBA team. So, wow. And I mean, if he was available for this much, I mean, a lot of other contenders could have matched or exceeded what the Mavericks did. So again, there's some risk there, but again, now the fun part is the talent is just, you, you, you know, you, uh, you ogle at this. Like, I mean, over at DallasBasketball.com did this like, he did like a steroids version of what you like to do, where he's like, what if the Mavs traded for Christian Wood? And it has like 15 different clips of going, oh, <laughs> yeah, this could work on offense. Yeah, I mean, 
I mean, he might be a better offensive player in Dallas than Przingis was. I mean, he might, I mean, good Lord, he's our, he can, I mean, even if worst case scenario happens, I mean, he's what, a 38% three-point shooter on his career? In the last two years, he's about five attempts a game, 37% in 2021, 39% in 2022. That's, that's a hell of a lot better than we saw Kristaps yep. do in his Mavericks time. So uh, and I mean, that was bizarre. Like, I have no idea why Kristaps shooting was so bad last year. Uh, and at times, like, he was so inconsistent with his three in Dallas that, you know, at bare, bare minimum, I mean, if he can make 38 to 40% of his threes on five attempts, I mean, he's going to bring something to this team uh, that they don't really have because, you know, Maxi, you know, shoots a high percentage, but he's not necessarily a volume guy and he doesn't play a ton of minutes. Like, I'm going to be very interested to see what the Mavericks look like having another 27, 30-minute-a-night big floor spacer on the floor. Like, it's going to be interesting because they kind of had to change how they played when Kristaps left a little bit. Right. Um, and they, you know, they had more power, they had more rim runs, and it was more Luka-centric. But, yeah, I just, I'm curious. Like, offensively, he's kind of like Dwight Powell on steroids, right? Like, he's, yep. he's so uh, – I mean, the sky's the limit there. Uh, I don't know – how good he is at like shot clocks running down. Let's throw him the ball on the wing and, and let him create. But on a team that has Brunson and Luca and even Dinwiddie, I would imagine you don't have to have him really do that that often. But I mean, what are we talking about? In the play- I mean, the, the Mavericks offense was good enough in the playoffs, but I mean, they needed more guys. And yep. it's funny that we say <laughs> that this accomplishes that, despite the fact that they traded like five guys to get one guy. But they traded five guys that never played, and they got another guy. Like, at bare minimum, they now have, like, seven players that can play in a high-stakes, high-leverage playoff game, regardless of what you think of, like, can he stay on the floor in the playoffs? Like, he'll at least play. Um, For sure. Defensively is where – that's the question mark. Well, all right, so here's what we're going to do. I'm going to start bringing up folks. You know the deal. I, I, Josh, if you listen to the show, you're a masochist. Uh, <laughs> but I know you know the drill here, so I'm going to bring people up, uh, and we're just going to let them talk and then ask any questions they have. First, my man, Jordan. How are we doing, buddy? Hey, how are you guys doing? Oh, pretty good. So uh, I kind of wish we would have done this trade before I had spent all that time breaking down who I thought the match should Same. target with. The I've like, well, I have like six draft <laughs> columns that I'm probably still going to run because I want my guys to get their posts per month, but I'm going to have to write an editor's note every single one. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's crazy. I am a little upset with that, but other than that, I kind of like the trade. Um, again, it's a low risk. I don't think there's no risk, but it is low risk. Um, I do think that the one advantage that we had, so the reason we couldn't play Powell wasn't his defense. It was because his offense wasn't good enough for him to be out there. So hopefully if Wood can just be passable on defense in a switching scheme, uh, I have a feeling that he would give Looney or he would give, you know, even uh, Bayambo more of a problem on defense or for, for them to try to defend him than the other way around. And so that's my hope is that he can do enough on offense to be playable in the playoffs. I like it. I like it. Got anything else? Uh, no, not really. Um, just kind of a little, as the draft guy, a little bummed that we traded the pick. Um, kind of hope we do a little bit more uh, trading. Sure. Maybe maybe we take on a pick at some point. But I kind of saw the writing on the wall when we were 
uh, when Rafael Barlow said we'd only worked out three players so far for the draft. Yeah. Mike Killer, if I ever get a chance to talk to Nico Harrison, um, I want to ask if the Mavs would ever consider like publicizing who they work out because I would love it if the Mavs just flooded the zone. The stuff like the Harlot, the Charlotte, I almost called them the Harlot Shornets, the Charlotte Hornets, like they publicize every single person they work out. And I don't know about you guys, but I have nothing to do some days, and I like fawning over product, uh, over you know draft prospects. But hey, we'll see. Yeah, I, I like the idea, but um, you know, this draft was not super deep. Wood is probably better than anyone we could get at 26, definitely for this season, um, and maybe even going forward. So I don't really hate this. I kind of like clearing up the roster spots too because those guys were not going to play anyway. So yeah, I think it was a yeah. good good process. We'll see about the results. Um, as long as we keep Brunson, I think I like this trade. If Brunson walks, then I don't like the trade. All right, buddy. Well, I appreciate you joining. Have fun. All right. Coming up next, we're going to have on Armand, who – has some some close to the situation knowledge. Uh, Armand, you said you saw Boban today. What do you got? So yeah, um, so uh, I actually work for the Dallas Wings. Um, I I just work at the retail stand, but you know I can, I I I pretty much watch the game for the most part. But um, so Boban was at the game today. Today, if y'all didn't see on the map social media, and he left um around the third quarter, which is you know kind of unusual because you'd expect them to stay for the whole game. So yeah, so this trade probably could have been going on the whole day. So yeah, I just wanted to share that. Um, also, Miles Turner was at the game, coincidentally. Um, but yeah, wow, I this this trade was shocking to me. Like I I don't I don't think any of us had Christian Wood on our off season radar. But I don't know. I I would really would like to see how it plays out. See, that's interesting because I there has been a significant amount of thirst for Christian Wood, mm-hmm. but nothing. You know. Where it's like, oh, let's go get this low, you know, this this potentially affordable good guy on a bad team, but like, you know, kind of just like the the Spencer Dinwiddie thing. It was like, mm-hmm. uh, is this going to happen? You know, that kind of deal. So this is, I'm fascinated by this. But that's that's good to know. Yeah, I saw those pictures of Boban with um, who's the the Wings' tallest player? I don't want to say her name wrong. Um, oh, I saw. Some- I, don't, I don't think it was her. It was another player. She wasn't playing today. Her name is um, Satel Sabali. I believe that's how you said it. Yes, and the photos were amazing because it just looks yeah. like two normal people, but exactly. they're both but, gigantic. Yeah, <laughs> no, that, that, but yeah, I mean, like it, this, it just feels weird that Boban is not a Maverick anymore. Like, like I'm so glad we got Christian Wood. I really like the, the deal. The sure. deal. I'll, I'll break it down more again and again in a second. But man, as a Mavs fan, it hurts that we that we traded Boban. I mean, this guy, like you know, no matter like our ups and downs like Boban was always the guy that would make you happy like I remember I was at the game Mavs versus Nuggets whenever um the season got postponed and we all found out in the middle of the game and everybody's freaking out about the season being ended I'm just here enjoying Boban drop a 30 piece you know like this guy yeah. like like he's brought us you know so many memories he brought us so, so much happiness to this team a big part of um why we have such good chemistry um also I was thinking I don't know is, is Luca happy about that because I mean Boban's his guy so I don't know. I, I think I think you got to – Boban's a pro. He's been a pro since he was 16. And yeah, and I, I'm sure he understands it's a business. But, I mean, damn, like I, I did not think like – you know, I knew we would be trading players, but you would have never thought we would have traded Boban. Like, well, like, that's wow. where like the Dorian contract and then the Brunson hopefully re-signing comes into play because those are his other two very good close friends of the team. Like you got to – the mm-hmm. Mavericks got to figure this out. But this is good stuff, man. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then yeah, um, hopefully this deal works out good. Um, 
I, the last thing I want to say is that I hope this isn't the only big weekend in the offseason. I would like for us to get another big to improve our depth. And, yeah, hopefully we don't just settle for Christian Wood at the big at the big position. But, yeah, thank you. Sure thing, buddy. Josh, what do you got? <laughs> I'm just – I was just thinking, bringing up Boban, like, I'm just so glad I don't have to get flamed for my Boban takes anymore. <laughs> that's true, because it's like, like, we all like him I, as a dude. Yeah. That's not the same thing. <laughs> like, it, like I understand that Luca's probably, you know, a little, but, but like, come on, like, you gotta, sure. Luca is smart enough to know, like, you gotta, if you're gonna move forward as a team, you know, you can't just keep holding on to the same roster since 2019. Like, you know, you gotta, yep. he's part of the deal. This, so this is worth reading. My uh, A follower named John Gonzalez sent me this in a direct message from Jonathan Fagan, who works uh, – let's see, Jonathan Fagan. Uh, he's a beat writer for the Houston Chronicle. says, a couple of things worth noting about Christian Wood era. He was a stand-up guy in an unbelievable two-stretch season, and he should flourish with the Mavs. I'll tell you what, guys, that's a, that's a hell of an endorsement. Um, from people, you know, it's like that's a beat writers round every day, which that's a good endorsement. I like that. So yeah, Any right? Because about isn't that? the isn't the thing that we the people we heard from were the people that were around them every day, <laughs> and the other organizations that weren't used right, to so, right? Like I, I, you know, I, 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 I have a couple of people where if you know who I am and know who I'm friends with, you could probably link it back that were just like I have nothing good to say. <laughs> so it's it's, a, it's nice to hear about that. So, all right, let me see who else we got. We've got a number of different people. Oh man, where did he go? Xavier was in here. Okay, we're gonna let we're gonna let. Uh, yeah, we gotta get him up. We're here. gonna let gentlemen, <laughs> gentlemen. Top of the morning to you, lovely fine gentlemen. Oh, the sun is shining bright. I can't believe it. You know, <laughs> we're gonna, like like you need to change your you, like like. What are you? I know you're a gambler because you've done this twice now with Dinwiddie, who you manifested, and now Christian Wood. So, what is your secret? And one of the two of you need to change your fire alarm battery. And that, what? certainly me. That's me. <laughs> New home. Sorry, I don't have a ladder yet. Ceilings are high. Um, so that Boban needs to come to your house. Uh, so, tell <laughs> us what your thinking is. So, I think a lot of the. I, if you guys watch Family Guy, the guy offers the dad, hey, you can have a boat or you can have this box. And Peter Griffin's like, oh, man, anything could be in that box. It could even be a boat. And I feel like that's how Mavs fans treat the 26th pick. They watch tape or they hear draft analysts say how these different players can fit and they talk themselves into it. But the same questions you have about why Wood will be available at 26, if there's a guy that fit our needs, why would he be available at 26? So the fact is that anybody we would have taken in the draft would have had warts or they would have had things to overcome. I've seen Christian Wood be a productive, impactful NBA player. I haven't seen Christian Coloco, whoever these guys are, have an impact in the NBA. And so at that point, the opportunity cost is low. I understood what Josh was saying about being a bad guy in chemistry. But like you mentioned, Kurt, we had to fit KP in because he had a long-term big money contract. We can just cut wood. And all it means is $8 million out of Mark Cuban's pocket. There's no downside to it. We can just cut them. And we have the same roster intact. So we're not taking away from the team that we already have. It's just icing on the cake. But Mavs fans, if you haven't watched Christian Wood, remember... And the gentleman earlier mentioned it with Andrew Wiggins. When you're on a bad team that has no accountability, 
which and the coach has lost the locker room, which I know you guys know about Houston, how the locker room is a mess. And there's, there were similar issues in Detroit where the locker room was not bought in. There's no accountable. Christian Woods was asked to be the vet just because of his age, not because he was an, a leader, just because he was the oldest vet in the room with a bunch of young guys who didn't know how to be professionals. That's not the right environment for him. Enter our locker room. We're built on sure. culture. We're built on accountability and trust. And so if you insert a malcontent into a volatile locker room, it can blow up. You insert a malcontent into our locker room. I have faith that we can turn that guy around because winning matters. Look at Andrew Wiggins. We we were always frustrated with Wiggins because he had the physical tools and he had the skills, but he didn't have the work ethic. He didn't work as hard as a professional. And just because he shook the owner's hand and said, yeah, I'm going to get better. The owner believed him. We, we all knew he wasn't a professional. Then he comes to Golden State. He looks around and when everyone around you is doing the right thing, it takes a special breed of asshole to look at the other 11 guys on the roster working hard and for you to be like, you know what? I'm good. So I have faith that we'll be able to get the most out of them because the skill set, anybody who, who has shit on Christian Wood, they've never argued about the skill set or the tools. It's always about what's between the ears. And I just feel like we have the right environment to kind of get the most out of a distressed asset. So I'm through the roof, man. I, honestly, I just think it's in, in five, six months, once you guys see him in action, you guys are like, you know what? I see the vision. I mean, it's it's never uh, mute yourself. Yeah. You're, how are you living in that house with that beeping? I would kill someone. Um, and it, it's it's never a question of play. It's just a question of vibes. Now, now that that Houston Chronicle beat writer thing does wonders for my feelings on this. Um, it just does because it's it. You know, somebody in the chat said it goes back to his time at the Bucks. I'm like, guys, this guy was a really good college player who went undrafted. <laughs> Do you? It, it, for teams not to want to take a chance on you because you're undrafted, like he got sent home from summer league at one point. I'm pretty sure. Like, there's just stuff. So, but I, I'm delighted, right? Because you know, he's but remember, he got he got cut in he got cut in New Orleans because the the Pelicans had Anthony Davis and the Marcus Cousins log jam at the center position. He was never going to get any minutes, so they didn't give up on him. They just it was just roster construction. Then well, he goes to Detroit. You're a big Danny Larue guy. You're a big Danny yes. Larue and Nate Duncan guy. And and Danny Larue said on a show I listened to last week is you want to be the second to last guy to or second to last team to try on a guy. To, to, you don't want to be the last team on a guy. And they were talking about Russell Westbrook, where it's like the Lakers probably stuck with Russell Westbrook. <laughs> uh, but it's it, you just need to know when to go and know when to woe, as my my coach used to say about playing two hat. It's like this guy is. He, this is his, you know, this is last best chance. This is it. And Where'd you go? You went underwater. Can you, can you hear me now? Hello? There we go. Okay. The last thing I'll say is this. We saw what happened to us when Kleber got two early fouls or when he wasn't mm. able to play. We didn't have anyone in the roster who can even come close to emulating what Kleber could provide. And ask yourself, who in the draft could emulate what Kleber does, which is extremely valuable? Who was available to trade or free agency? Nobody. For yeah. the middle of, yeah. for, no, nobody. So if there's a 60% chance that he can even be Maxi Kleber light, you take that because to other teams, Maxi Kleber may not be that valuable. But to us, he's literally the anchor to our ability to play five out and to create matchup problems in the playoffs. So if he can just substitute for him in some key moments, that in and of itself is tremendous value, even if he does nothing else. So I'll oh, step yeah. down. You're the man. Thanks so much for joining. Um, I, I, I do got to say, and I'm going to let Josh talk. I'm, this is a very stupid thing, but I'm sort of glad the Mavericks don't have the draft pick so they don't draft the French guy, Comigate or whatever his name is, because my brain reads his name as Kamaligate, 
And I think presidential scan, like I think some sort of political scandal every time I see the guy. <laughs> weird. But yeah, tell, tell me what you're thinking. Uh, well, now we need David to tell us who is the next big player that the Mavericks oh, are going to acquire because he's two for two. So, so Xavier, you know, if if you think the Mavericks are going to like trade for Giannis or uh, I don't know something something crazy like that or trade for or trade for Zion, like what what's next, Xavier? We need to know, please. We're we're, um, we're trading for Kevin Durant. Is my <laughs> I, I'm I am Daltoning the shit out of this and yeah. Ke- Kevin Durant. <laughs> Uh, I am curious. I think another thing that like I've just been thinking about is this trade doesn't happen if Rick Carlisle is still the coach of the Mavericks, right? Like zero percent chance. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just I can't imagine it. So I mean, I will admit, like, remember, you know, during the last ten years, remember how often we'd be like, a player would be cut, a young player, you know, would be cut, or, or a player would become available. It's kind of a lot of talent, but it's kind of drifting out of the league. Like, and we, you know, when the Mavericks were in the doldrums of like 2016, 2017, we'd be like, oh, can they just get this guy? And, and you know, we'd always be like, no, they're not because Carlisle. Like, they're, just, they're not going to get a guy like that because Carlisle's not going to work with them. Uh, so it is nice that we're kind of past that era where they can kind of roll the dice a little bit more on these talented guys. And, you know, I don't know if it's going to work, but. It's nice that this option, you know, it feels like the cupboard is, is more, like there's more in the cupboard to, to use now, or there's more tools in the toolbox because now we don't kind of have that blocker that was like, well, you know, we're not going to make this trade because Carlisle's here. So uh, that's kind of like a nice little bonus, I guess. Of the, I love know, that. That's a good one. Okay, we've got a lot of people, so I'm going <laughs> to just fly through. Steven, what's up, buddy? Welcome back. Man, what a whirlwind. Oh, my gosh. Um. Man, I just remember like cutting into this offseason. The one thing I wanted above all was just get rid of the unplayables. And Nico was just like, all right, bet. And so just did it in one move. So the one thing above, besides from like the Christian Wood, like how is he going to fit and how everything's going to roll from here on forward, I'm just like so happy about the the window he opened with all the, with the breath of fresh air of like just new players that can join the squad now. So that's what I'm kind of thinking about already. Just like, is Goran Dragic is he kind of set in stone? Considering he's like attached to the hip at Luca with Luca this off season so far, and just like other things, or like, and just like knowing they're not done with any moves just yet. I don't think. Um, just like anything of just like who else could they trade for, or if there's someone that they actually do like on the boards, could they try to trade into like the second or something. I don't, I'm just like, I don't want to stay up for too long, but I'm just like super excited. Just like the more future moves they can continue to do this off season, whether it's like on draft, like, well, this has to go into draft night, but also just like heading into free agency too. Good stuff, man. I, I, Hey, I'm, I'm all for people being happy. I recorded a show with Bobby Corrale yesterday that I forgot to post because I'm a genius. Um, and we just like talked about last season, just like how much fun elements of it are. And if this is fun, I want everybody to be super excited. I'm, I'm just, I'm interested is where I am right now. I am selfishly very grumpy about it because I was looking forward to an interesting Mavs summer league team. And that shit is just out the window. (laughs) Oh, I have, I have one thing I have to uh, pick up. That's all that I want to add, but it's actually on hustle. Uh, the one thing that I just loved at the very beginning, this isn't really a spoiler, is just like the prospect that Adam Sandler is just completely against is played by Mo Wagner. 
<laughs> I just love that so much. That was Mo Wagner. I didn't realize that. Yeah, that's yeah, amazing. yeah. I mean, like I was like, that can't. That's got to be Mo Wagner. And then in the credits, it's him. They they confirmed it. So I'm sure Luca had a <laughs> must have had a uh, a chuckle when he saw that. Every hustle. single person that is in this room needs to find a way to watch Hustle. Hustle is the so most good. so good. entertaining, actually good movie that I've watched in a while. So so yeah. Thank- well, thanks so much, buddy. We'll talk yeah, soon. Yeah, for sure. Thanks again. Mm-hmm. Who's next? Uh, a lot of folks in here. Let's go with my man, Ruben. What's up, my friend? Oh, man. I'm super excited. Just an imagine, just imagining like our starting lineup of Woods, Reggie Bullock, VSF, Luca, and Brunson, and you know, I'll bring it up when I'm about to get off uh, just a thought I had. But after our, after our, our playoff run, I felt like we had three names. They were long shots, and I didn't even know if it could happen. That's why I was, like, looking towards the draft for a big or a wing. But what was it, Turner, Woods, or, uh, or Gobert? Everybody kept – you know, ask how can we get one of these? How how can we get one of these guys? It seemed like a far-fetched idea. Mavs don't have assets. Mavs don't have. We turned a first-round pick and bench guys into one of the guys we actually wanted. Bingo. Is is I I, can, I don't know what else to say to that. Like I literally don't know what else to say to that. But we it was podcast after podcast. Turner, like one of those three, and we got one of those three, and. You know, I I totally understand where you're coming from about, you know, maybe him not buying into other systems. But I, I look at Dinwiddie and a couple other players, but Dinwiddie to be the most recent as playing in an environment that maybe they don't believe in you or maybe they're asking you to do something that you don't want to do or, you know, just a just a trash team. And they want you to just do extra stuff on a trash team when, you know, the upper management isn't even trying that hard to put good players around you. But put them in this environment like Dinwiddie with strong players like Dinwiddie, uh, THJ, you know, Luca, you know, Dorian. Like these guys, this is their team and he'll know that. And, you know, I'm pretty sure he's going to buy in for sure. But um, I have uh, one more thought. But I'm I'm literally I'm I, I have no words just imagining. Sure. He can play five or the four. And I think this will give Reggie. And Dorian a little rest because uh, I, I feel like you could play him with uh, Maxi if you wanted to. He can switch. He can actually dribble. A, you know, it, just looking at his highlights when when the when the news came down, this guy can dribble as a five or a four. Which I mean, Dorian is cool, but he's not dribbling like this guy. This dude is doing step backs and dropping thirty nine all nights and stuff. It's he is like, he is as as the kids say a real hooper. <laughs> right. Right, but I, I don't see any downside and I have to we all have to like give a hand to, to, to Nico and the job he did pulling this off like the and, and and another thing I guess you guys can stop doing the podcast. was it Josh? You guys like lit that bench on fire. Fuck this, this, this. they don't do anything. Let's get them out of here. Like I remember those podcasts. Well, I mean the Mavericks are signing Josh <laughs> Bowe. Josh yeah. is going to be part of the bench. <laughs> He was like, I think I thought it was either Josh or you. Fuck Boban. We don't need nice guys. We need you. That's not me. That's me cursing. 
How dare you? This is, this is slander. I'm, I don't, I'm not, I'm, I mean, Boban is cool, but hey, they know each other. I'm pretty sure him and Luca got each other phone numbers. They can link up and have brunch or whatever. But right, man. We, well, hey, thanks we so got, much, Ruben. I appreciate you. Oh, one more thing. One more thought. One more thought. Do you think, you know, with our starting lineup, almost all of our guys are like, what, 6'5 and over? Hey, maybe we uh, do a sign and trade with Bruss and get, you know, back in the draft and uh, get a taller guy that can handle the ball. What do you guys think about that? And even more uh, players. I don't know. I am so I am. I don't want to make any predictions because I'm never right. Uh, though I was right about Luca. That was the one, and then I ne- I never get to be right again. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but I uh, I'm I'm over. Like I cannot imagine next year. I'm so excited. You guys have a good night. You too, man. Mm-hmm. All right, guys, coming up next, I got a special guest. I got to bump to the front of the line because he is awesome. Mark Stein with some fun news a minute ago on his uh, Substack with Ooh, every hey. single person. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, which every single person should uh, subscribe to. It is well worth the money. His uh, his newsletter is outstanding. He had an incredibly uh, – just I really love that story about your father, Stein. But we'll circle back to that. How you doing, friend? Maybe he'll uh, – if he doesn't know how to use the unmute button on his own app, that is my favorite thing. I don't know. <laughs> We're going to talk, and he'll – Steiny Mo will figure it out. Um, Josh, do you have any thoughts on what our man Ruben said? No, I, I think you made a good point about, you know, think about what we've been talking about for the last three or four years about, you know, it's kind of crazy. This is the second big trade in four months for Nico, uh, as a first year GM, you know, Kristaps was like, it's crazy to think the Kristaps trade was four months ago. It feels like years ago now at this point, but it was four months ago. Uh, and you think about where the roster was when Nico got here and where it is now. I mean, what has been the main thing me and you have been talking about, Kirk? Just let's – can we get new guys in here? Because, you know, what they're doing isn't necessarily working. And it wasn't that we wanted, you know, know, Kemba or these, you know, these big flashy free agent signings. We just wanted them to just get Singles and doubles. Yes. Just make the team better. (laughs) And now you've got – You've you've taken away Kristaps and you get Dinwiddie and and Bertans and Wood uh, and Bullock and like imagine if they just make like more of these Bullock type moves and just add more of those types of guys to the roster like that level of player like that's that's all we've been asking for right like it's just even if we don't know how the experiment's going to end up with Wood here uh, you know I understand why we all should be pretty optimistic because of the talent. But it's just nice, right? Just there's new guys here, and and I just like that this new GM has been like, you know what? Like I see where the, you know, just being able to mix things up because I think that's what the roster has desperately needed for a long time now, and we definitely have that. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, Stein, we're still working on uh, getting the unmute button worked. He's uh, been hosting these himself, but green, you know, Spotify Live seems to un, uh, seems to edit stuff um, fairly frequently. So. I'm here. Yeah, Can you guys hear me? I'm here. My man. Thank you for the kind intro. Now uh, on second, on the second attempt, I actually had a mute button to unmute. Yep. So here I am. No, I mean this is my, the last time you came up here was when we were having like the fun post post game. You know, trying to use the internet from the arena, like the Wi-Fi. So this is much better. So uh, so um, what can you tell us? What would you feel comfortable sharing with us tonight? 
Mr. Stein. Well, my first, I first, I got so you. Li- I actually did thought you would not like this trade. So was my premonition wrong? Are you happy? I'm, you know, <laughs> the Mavericks just made it to the Western Conference Finals. It goes against every fiber in my being to not complain, but I'm not going to complain. I, I just have to have I the the benefit of the doubt has been earned. How's that for 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 a response? The benefit of the doubt, meaning your your right to complain. No, I, I I think I think Nico Harrison and the Mavericks front office by getting the Western Conference Finals when I was just hoping for them to get out of the second or second round. Everything I, I'm not going to complain, and I don't have any reason to. They're, no, see, they're, now they're, I'm 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 actually quite surprised. See, I thought you would have said, "I want that 26 pick. I want to see what you can get there. You can find players at 26. I don't want to hear that 26 is a meaningless asset." That was my prediction of how you were going to react. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I have run through the gambit of emotions. Like, I think that the more immediate impact is Christian Wood. I, I, it's, it just seems like such when you clear that many roster spots uh, for it as well. It's, I, I'm just having a hard time being like, this is terrible because as, as our, we have one Maz Moneyball contributor, Xavier, who has, has basically claimed, clamored for two players this the last year and a half. One of them was Spencer Dinwiddie. The other was Christian Wood. And now they're both on the Mavericks. Wow. And so it's just – it's yeah, but I need to go gambling with him. Um, and it's just – it's one of these things where I don't – I'm at the moment, you know, I'm not seeing any particular challenge with it because as, as I think Josh said this a second ago or someone else did, the Mavericks had to play Dwight Powell at center and, and Maxi Kleba, and that was kind of it. And what if you had one more body in that role? That, that yeah, was no, look, I think the view from Mavs HQ, and I've been on the phone nonstop now for the last hour or so, and I might have to leave again if the phone rings, so I will apologize in advance. But, yes, I mean, they are, they are ecstatic that they are getting a player on basically a one-year flyer to find out if, you know, is he going to play the defense he needs to play to stay on the court and, and you know, really have an impact here. But – they traded four guys who they weren't going to play. And obviously uh, no one in Dallas, and I can say this honestly, no one in Dallas loves Boban more than me. I will miss him tremendously as a person. I can, I actually in kind of a sad moment right after game five, I saw him in the hallway after the game. I'm sure everybody saw all the pictures of Dirk with Chet Holmgren and Luca and just all, you know, everybody's kind of milling around and saying goodbye to the season. And, and Boban just walked up, grabbed my hand, which quickly disappeared in his hand, and it was like, next year, next year. And now, obviously, he won't be part of that. Um, but, but you know, the reality of as much as everyone loves Boban, you know, take him, put him aside. The other three guys had completely fallen out of favor. Um, they create roster spots. They get a chance to bring in Christian Wood next season. I mean, if they do nothing else – no one has to worry about, oh, they're just run, running back the same team in a West that's much better. I mean, the upside for them was, you know, the upside of this trade to me makes it worth, okay, you've lost the number 26 pick, but I don't think they were going to draft a better player at 26 than Christian Wood. That, yeah, that's that's kind of the simplest argument because, you know, it's it's – Maybe a guy will be good in X number of years, but as a team that's ready to win right now, that's that's kind of where it is. Um, you also just reported that because of the clearing of the roster spots, the Mavericks are, you know, they they will have to consider 
signing Theo Pinson, correct? I would say that that's, you know, I would, I would strongly expect that to happen. I mean, look, I haven't talked to Theo tonight. I don't know what is his, what's in his head. You know, presumably another team could make him an offer that I guess could get his attention. But based on everything I've understood to this point, he badly wants to return. The Mavericks badly wanted him back. And, you know, when they woke up this morning, they didn't see roster room on how to do it. And now they have the roster room to do it. And I've basically been told that, yes, he's, you know, expect him back in the strongest possible terms. So nothing is a thousand percent on what is today, June 15th, when free agency doesn't start for 15 more days. But, I, you know, Pinson's going to be here. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure of that. And look, I, you know, I think they will still make a small move or two around the edges in free agency. Um, but this is, you know, this is the big move next to re-signing Brunson. And, you know, I don't think I'm breaking news on here to say that I strongly expect Brunson to re-sign. I mean, you know, that's, so, that's been, the, uh, that's been, go ahead. You go ahead. Our man, our friend Scott, CBA Mavs, is already on the other side of the planet, has already rejiggered what he thinks the Mavs cap space is. And they're currently $34 million over the salary cap line. <laughs> With this trade, so it's like when you, you when you said they they might make some small moves, that's that's like a literal thing because they don't have too many options at their uh, at their um, fingertips. That's okay. Yeah, well, I think any move they make, and CBA Scott can tell oh, us yes. better. Um, you know, they'll uh, you know anything they do would be very expensive. I'm sure if. The magic scepter was in Kirk Henderson's hand that they would use that trade exception before it expires. What is but it? You can't, June, though. There's, like, there's nothing. Uh, Scott actually wrote about this today for Mavs Moneyball. There's not really. There, there are like seven real players that the Mavericks could potentially get. It doesn't really make sense. Yeah. And look, if they could get Larry Nance, you know, do it. But New Orleans ain't letting. Bingo. New Orleans isn't trading Larry Nance into the Mavs trade exception. That just is not happening. And even. You know, Rashawn Holmes is the one that, you know, would Sacramento be willing to trade him here? But, but you know, I think that, you know, I think they would happily just take their chances with Christian Wood and whatever else they do small in free agency and just, you know, and keep keep Jalen. I think that that is their preferred scenario at this point. Right. No, that's interesting. Josh, do you have any? I've been talking too much. <laughs> Yeah, Mark, I'm just curious, obviously, you know, talking to people that you know around the league, you know, Wood has bounced around so much, and I know a lot is going to be made of this is going to be the best environment probably he's ever had in his pro career for sure. What do you hear about him behind the scenes in terms of, like, why hasn't he stuck? I know we've been kind of speculating, but do you, you know, what makes the Mavericks confident that it's going to change for him here? And also, it was such a cheap price. I'm just surprised were there other teams – interested and if they like other contenders that needed a player to fit that the that spot in the rotation that would could and they just was it was there some buyer beware among some other contenders or, or what do you think well look that? i think there, there's always been a level of buyer beware because you know he's not known as a guy who's really applied himself at the defensive end so that's gonna have to change you know fair or not he's had the tag of he'll put up numbers but you know hasn't really done it in a winning situation so i mean there are certainly some things that he's going to have to address and answer and, you know, areas of improvement. But look, I think the Mavs do have a level of confidence because, you know, Sean Sweeney, who's a huge part of the coaching staff, obviously did coach him in Detroit. So they have, you know, 
they have, I'm sure they had a feel for, you know, what it's like to coach Chris, Chris, Christian Wood because Sweeney's already done it. So I, I think the Mavs maybe probably take some confidence from that. But, you know, it's just, I, I think it's just too appealing for both sides. The Rockets clearly wanted an extra first. The Mavs are willing to do that on June 15th, which is, you know, earlier than we typically see trades get consummated like this. So I think the Mavs' willingness to make a move at this point probably factored in. And look, you, I mean, I think Houston is close enough that Mavs fans keep a pretty reasonable eye on it. I mean, they've got Shen Goon. They're going to, they're most likely going to draft a big at number three. So they really didn't need Christian Wood and they met a couple objectives here by they've got a deal that gets them a first, no extra salary that they don't want and create some forward minutes. So I just, I just think it was a match from that perspective. Cause again, I, I think that's probably the most surprising thing here is again, you just, you don't see trades of this magnitude typically struck while the NBA finals are still going on. I mean, although, you know, to be fair, we did see, we did see it last season with the Horford deal getting Kevin O'Connor's in here now. Yeah. Oh yeah. I just, you know, this is weird. So we're we're making a four man weave. Um, I didn't see a mute button for 10 minutes, but I see Kevin (laughs) O'Connor now. (laughs) Well, um, yeah. So, I mean, so, I mean, KOC can weigh in too, but I just, I, I think uh, it was two highly motivated teams to get a deal done. And like I said, last year, you know, we saw the Horford deal come together pretty quick with Oklahoma City and Boston, and now we got another one. Kevin, what are your reactions to this? I love it for Dallas, man. I understand the concerns about Christian Wood, the work ethic, and how lean he is on defense. He can get bullied by some bigger guys. But the, the this is the thing. Like, let's talk about what he can do. Almost 40% from three. Pick and pop guy who can take guys off the bounce, take some pull ups from mid range, get all the way to the basket for loud dunks. He can throw down lobs from Luca. Luca is going to have like it, basically Christian Wood is everything on offense that the Mavs wish Chris Tapp's Porzingis could have been. The only question is going to be defense, but having DFS and Kleba on the wing, having Bullock, and who knows what who else is going to be acquired the rest of this offseason for Dallas, the upside, like they raised their ceiling. That That's my main feeling on the Wood acquisition. I think we're going to see the best version of him that we've seen throughout his entire career. We're going to see the version of him that he thought he was going to get when he signed with Houston before James Harden decided to leave. This is what should have happened. It could have happened two years ago. And now it's going to happen in Dallas with an even better roster. So, like, as a longtime, you know, Wood defender, I suppose, after his, you know, kind of comeback season in Detroit, I'm really excited to finally see him with a guard who can pass like Luca. So I read this. I read this before you guys joined, but it's worth reading again. Jonathan Fagan, Houston Chronicle, heck of a reporter, says had this to say: He was a stand-up guy in an unbelievably tough two-season stretch, and he should flourish with the Mavs. I, I, that's, that's a pretty ringing endorsement from a guy, you know, beat, y'all beat writers after, you know, that do real work on like bums like me who are at home. When you're around guys like this, you get a pretty good feel about things. And, you know, Fagan didn't have to say anything. And I, I just think that's interesting. Can I bring He's, up a, a devil's advocate proposition? Oh, sorry. Did I cut you off, Mark? Nope. Go for it. Okay. So I'm just curious, uh, not necessarily to say this is how I completely feel about this deal, but I'm just, you look at what the Mavericks did in the playoffs and they were able to get by 
Rudy Gobert, and they were able to get by DeAndre Ayton. And I know Kevon Looney gave them problems, but, you know, they were still able to make a Western Conference Finals run without center necessarily being a crucial spot for them. You know, they were able to get by with Dwight Powell and Maxi Kleba. When you look at this deal and trading the 26th pick, uh, is there – could there have been anything for them out there where they could have maybe – use these assets. I mean, the assets might be a loose word with the end of the bench guys. I don't know how much value they had around the league, but to try to maybe use that 26 pick to acquire another wing or a perimeter player. Uh, I'm just curious because, you know, we just watched them have a playoff run where they took down, you know, defensive player of the year, Gobert, you know, DeAndre Aiden, who's had a great uh, couple of years in, in Phoenix. Why not go for a wing in that scenario? Why did they still feel like after this playoff run they needed a, uh, an upgrade like Wood uh, at center? I guess I would say this. Like, okay, you know, I reported, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago that the Mavs would love to get in the mix for Zach Levine. And there seemed to be kind of a feeling that they thought there might be a chance to wedge their way in there. But like, realistically, how are the Mavs trading for Zach Levine with their current array of assets? How are they, let's say they wanted to get into the eight mix. How, how could they get him? You know, I, I also reported after the season that they were not going to go after Gobert. If you trade for someone like Gobert, you've got to play him. You've got to commit to him. This is a one year experiment. Like, you know, Wood is on a one-year deal. Like the, the Mavs don't have to feel obligated to go after him. And you know, KOC just listed 15 reasons why there is upside here. You know, uh, there, there's you know, there is a lot of potential that if if it could go well. So I, I guess my the way I would flip that question is if I was and, and I do take a lot of my cues from from you know Kirk's sunny moods. I, I wasn't the biggest fear Mavs fans wasn't wasn't the biggest fear Mavs fans had that there was gonna that it was just like re-sign Jalen and no appreciable difference to the roster and like now already 15 days before free agency starts you know the Mavs have already made one big change and now they have you know time to work on other stuff that's why that's probably the the biggest reason I like it why why not when it comes to other stuff. I think, Mark, you reported before the Mavs aren't, like, in on Rudy Gobert, right? Just to be clear? Yes. Okay. Why? Like, why not go for Gobert next? I mean, if you have – if you can flip Hardaway with Bertans and some number of future picks and get Rudy Gobert and have – This is violent. With Gobert and Wood, and then you have Kleba, and you have DFS, and you have Bullock. You can play small. You can play big. It addresses the concerns about Wood having to fend big guys. I mean, I know I'm obsessed with Rudy Gobert, and I'm probably just making – Thanks, Kevin. It's been great having you. This, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, but why not? Like, I just don't see why they wouldn't have interest in Gobert. I just don't. I just get the vibe that they do not want to spend $40 million a year on a player who has offensive limitations. And It's and a championship I would, move. That's I would I classify myself as a Gobert guy too. I don't think you can – you can, I mean, he he will never get his, especially if he gets traded this offseason. He's never going to get his just due for what he's done in Utah and how pivotal he's been there and how many mistakes he's covered up for guys who, as the Mavs know better than anybody, uh, have some defensive deficiencies. But I just don't. The Mavs, that's just not a direction they want to go. Um, 
to, to, you know, that's why this is, you know, this is doing something like this is, is much more, I think, cost effective for their future because they do want to get back to the table in terms of free agent chasing and stuff like that. So, I mean, if you, if you commit to Gobert, I mean, if you got Gobert and Luca on this payroll, I mean, you're, you're that's out of the that final, extra. that's the final move. That's right. the thing I've been sort of babbling about in that the next big move using draft assets is the final move in the first, in the whole, you know, as me as a Mavs fan, understanding you two are, well, really Josh too. Josh is also an actual journalist. I'm the fanboy up here. Um, it, it, it's the, it's the last move in Luca's first contract with the Mavericks and potentially the last if it doesn't work because that's how things work these days. So it's, that's why I'm just always so skittish about anything involving draft picks because I think I, the number of Mavs fans who seem very surprised that the Mavericks owe the Knicks a pick always kills me. And but Kevin, doesn't the, to answer your question about like why not Gobert? Doesn't the playoff this playoff run kind of answer that question and the way that they were able to kind of neutralize Gobert in the playoffs and then able to get by a, a Suns team with Aiton? I know Looney kind of pokes holes in that argument a little bit, but I mean, wouldn't that be the answer? I, I think I mean sort of, but at the same time, I think like let's just let's just say that deal were to happen theoretically. You know, it's like. Uh, uh, you, you trade two contracts, Hardaway and Bertans with plus picks, and you get Rudy Gobert back. If Rudy Gobert is switched on to the perimeter uh, with that Dallas lineup, it's not, you know, Donovan Mitchell on the back line with help defense. It's Maxi Kleba or Dor- Dorian Finney-Smith or, you know, or it could even be Christian Wood back there. Like whoever it might be with the lineup configuration, I just think Dallas has so much more surrounding him that it would end up being more like, what Boston has with the Robert Williams, Al Horford front court, where you can play with one of those guys or you can play with two of them. I I would just see it to me. Like I think Kirk's right. Like that could end up being the last move of the Luca, you know, of his youth, the last big move. But like you're getting, you'd be getting a three time defensive player of the year. One of the best lob finishes in basketball, one of the best screeners, one of the best hustling players. Like to me, that's a, that's a, that's a worthy last move. In my opinion, when you already have so much other talent on the roster, if, if we that were friends, out, I, I, I'm a huge, I'm a huge Rudy Gobert guy. <laughs> though, to be fair, though, I am. So, <laughs> I think I like Gobert too. I like the 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 Horford uh, Robert Williams. Like, I kind of like that comparison. But I guess the biggest difference is, well, Horford's on a pretty big contract, but Robert Williams is. Well, can you know, Rudy Gobert make six threes in a finals game? I mean, <laughs> yeah, that, that's a but maybe Christian right Wood can. It's you know kind of like role reversals. Instead of Horford <laughs> being you know the the interior guy who can shoot, it be Wood who's the perimeter guy who can shoot, and and Gobert the interior guy who doesn't shoot. And it kind of flipped between Time Lord and and Al Horford. But we're just speaking theoretically. I, I just I just wonder like, what the next move is for Dallas because like you said, Mark, there's gonna there's got to be more to come. This isn't it. But you know what I think? I think it right now it's just staying where they are like the West is going to be so much better that like Rudy Gobert, they're not, you can't, that's not like a put you over the top move because like, I mean, I think the Mavs know realistically in their heart, there's a decent chance that they're going to slide a little bit in this West when you got the Clippers coming back with all their guys. If Denver's healthy, I mean, it's, it's not going to be, it's not going to be as easy to finish with the four seed and win 50. I, I, I do, this was not a 52 win roster. I'm sorry. What, it was, the, no, the, it wasn't. <laughs> they lost 10 games in 2022. I'm pretty sure something ridiculous. And there's a, there's overachievement and then there's resting on morals and without a lot of flexibility, 
this is quite the interesting thing. I mean, the next move, I'm kind of, I think we, I, I said this earlier, uh, Mavs Moneyball staffer Xavier needs to make the next move since he's predicted the past two. Um, I, I'm just... Does he have any predict, projections on what Brunson's going to get? I mean, we're, we're, he, he's one of, uh, like he's a, a acolyte of, of Danny LaRue and Nate Duncan. So he's big, he's a big bird, bird rights trap guy. Uh, so he's a, but he's pretty sure that, that, you know, 125 or whatever it is, like the full, like, which, you know, at a certain point it stops mattering. I mean, I found, I, Kevin, you had a great discussion. Uh, right. No, it was your colleague, um, Wozni Lambre on, on the, the ringer, um, group chat about how it's like, we should want owners to spend. This is great. Yeah. It's, it, it's great for everyone when teams spend money. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to, to kind of what happens next with, with Brunson. I, I hope I'm, I feel, you know, just my gut instinct is like, why would you want to leave this team? Uh, just because they overachieved doesn't mean they can't find a way to tinker and, and take a, a different step. Is there anything new on Brunson and what could happen there, Mark? Like sign, I mean, sign and trades, double no, sign and see, trades. I, I don't. I. I <laughs> you're amazing. I don't. I. I do not see any way he leaves. I think they will. They are prepared to do whatever they have to do to get him. But I guess the you know the remaining you know late in the season and it's funny. I wrote this whenever the last time I wrote about Brunson. You know I said you know he, he's he's projected to be in that 485 range that Van Vliet was, but also possibly exceed it. And everybody in the aggregation world was like, Stein says 485. No, I said right there, it could <laughs> exceed that. It could, there could be a fifth year. This thing could go to nine figures. I don't know on June 15th how high it's going to go, but I wow. just, I, I don't think they, I, no, I think they will do whatever they have to do. So if they give him that much money, you said nine figures, it's like five years. Are we talking, you know, max there, like max for Brunson? I don't know if it's max, but, but but close to max maybe. If you go, I mean, if it's a five-year deal, it has to go into nine yes. figures, doesn't it? So I mean, yeah. you know, I, you know, it could be. Is it five one oh five? I mean, I, you know, do you have to max him? I don't know. You know, I don't know that it, they have to max. Well, him. what sort of price paying paying for a player who's entering his prime and capturing his entire prime with a prospective new TV deal in the future? I just I don't have a problem with it. And again, not, you know, I do not, I, I hesitate to even say this because I, you know, Jalen Brunson is just a massive part of this organization, but you know, they have no trade assets as, as it is or very few. So, I mean, I think that is part of the calculus here too, that, you know, when you sign him, you know, that is something in the back of everybody's mind. A 26-year-old dude about to enter the prime of his career on a potentially, you know, team-friendly contract. That super valuable around the league for that next move that Kirk's talking about. That like might not be. It, you don't think it should be Gobert, Kirk, but Brunson could set you up for somebody even better. You know, no, I'm being two, ridiculous two. lately and manifesting Kevin Durant uh, <laughs> because I've I've heard a lot of weird Kyrie to the Knicks stuff, and I'm like, hey, let's just get strange. It's the off season. I, I, I mean, even might, Wood could be. Part of that too. I mean, if he's able to rehabilitate his image across the league, that's a fourteen million dollar contract, twenty six year old big. I mean, remember a couple of years ago, me and Kirk talked about this a lot. The Mavericks couldn't really enter these trade convos after they traded for Przingis because everyone on the roster, you know, you had Kristaps making his max, and then everyone else was making, you know, like four to five million before Maxi got a second deal, before Dorian got a second deal. Now they got. You know, they got Wood at 14. Brunson's going to make more money. 
Finney Smith's got his newer contract. Like they finally, and you know, Tim Hardaway, Dinwiddie, Bertans. Not necessarily saying these guys are like all these guys are going to be valuable trade, you know, assets, but they finally have the contracts that if they want to get into these big name, big superstar discussion trades, whichever next one is on the horizon, they finally have the money in the contracts to to maybe do something about it. And you know, Brunson and Wood, if if Wood can rehabilitate his image, I mean. That's two pretty decently young, you know, talented guys that they could dangle out there if they want to get in the mix. Yeah, and look, I, I hate I hate talking like this because these, yeah. you know, Brunson and Finney Smith are, you know, huge parts of the Mavs culture, beloved figures within the organization. But the, rea- the truth, the hardcore reality of it is, I mean, they are both admired by a lot of teams, you know, had had, you know, had, had Dorian reached free agency, he would have no shortage of suitors, too. I mean. Teams love these guys. I feel like it's been a while since the Mavs have had that. <laughs> I mean, I'm just delighted. It's so funny. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I have a well-earned reputation for being a grump, but I, I am not bored. I am extremely entertained. This has been, this is obviously very fun talking, talking about all this stuff. Um, I, I hate to keep either of you, Josh. You're, you're contractually required to stay as my partner. Actually, you can go too if you want to. But is 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 there anything um, you know finals related on the on the tip of your tongue? Because I'm I've really like my my main takeaway from these finals is you don't want to overinvest in the center position. <laughs> That's why I don't want Gobert. <laughs> no, it's understandable for sure. I I just think like Mark said earlier, the West is going to change. Um, you know, like if Denver is able to step up, then, then you might be wishing that you had a, a big, or if the Sixers make the NBA finals, you know, if they change things up, if Harden comes back in shape, they make a big deal and Joel Embiid is the opponent in the NBA finals. Then suddenly uh, I think we might be feeling a little bit differently, or if the Bucks make it back again, same deal there. I mean, I, I still think size matters. And not to mention with like the influx of bigs coming in the NBA this season, you know, in the draft, Bancaro, Holmgren, and then next year with uh, Victor Wembanyama. I think I think having size is going to be critical. In the, Do you in see the those twins? The oh, twins, yeah, yeah. Eamon Thompson and his brother. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Those Thompson twins are so so speedy and fat, like quick twitch athletes. I there mean, was a second are, jump yeah. on one of those that looked like what you would do if you combine LeBron James with the second second jump of 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 Sean Marion. I was just overwhelmed. Oh well. <laughs> yeah, the, the, those kids are talented. I, I think that 2023 draft class is going to have like very very many viral players, more so than Scoot Henderson, this my class, my non relative. Are yes. there really 1,300 people yeah, in here? Yeah, this is weird. I'm a big fan. <laughs> live live radio. Who knew? You're a monster, Kirk no, Henderson. No, you too. Kirk Henderson. What? I'm it's the four-man week. His media empire is just growing before us. Oh, anyways. Well, it, I, you guys are welcome. To, I love having everybody hanging out. I also like that to take some of these questions from the crowd, so – you want to hang out? Do if you don't. Um, I appreciate it's your time. room, man. Do, do you do what you do? It's you make the decisions. Okay. Um, well, you know. Anyhow. All right. I want to bring up. Oh, hey, somebody else. Awesome, Mr. Damaris. How are you? One more time with that unmute button. Ryan Damaris is a little bit of every. He's done a little bit of everything for the Mavericks and also runs an amazing podcast with uh, Mavericks broadcaster Mark Followell. How are you doing, Brian? Oh, loving some Nico, just striking magic again. 
How are you, Kirk? KSC, Steiny? We're having Good fun. Good to talk to you, Steiny. Um, so does this make the uh, the playmaking wing, uh, is there any chance that that is something that we can do with the taxpayer, or is that another, uh, as you mentioned, Steiny, kind of Zach Levine, are we looking in that in the trade market? Well, I just question how you can – I mean, first of all, you know, Jake Fisher reported earlier this week, and I think kind of that – there's now suddenly it's it's turned. A week ago, people were saying, man, Zach Levine, he's in play. I mean, I heard that so many times, and it's it's kind of changing this week. I can't pinpoint exactly where that's coming from. But, I mean, look, it was always going to be hard for me to picture how did the Mavs manufacture a deal for, uh, you know, for Zach Levine. I think... I think uh, CBA Mavs outlined that that sign even if they're even if the Bulls were like yes we are desperate to sign and trade Levine for Jalen Brunson that it had more hurdles than a track meet so you know I and and then playmaking wing with just exceptions I mean you're not gonna you know that that's a pretty tall order to get a playmaking wing who can really make a difference when we're talking about the mid-level exception. So my man up in, in Indiana, shoot names escaping me. He's had injuries the past several years. Yeah. Is that ridiculous? I'm just throwing out names. I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm into TJ Warren for Dallas. That's cool. I mean, I've seen the best of TJ Warren. I was sitting in the bubble when he went nuts, but um, I don't know that I would say Trey Burke also had a heck of a bubble. Free, 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 free shooting wing. Shoot all the balls, wing. Yes, I don't know that I would. I would. I don't know that I would classify him as a playmaker. Fair enough. I don't even know what's a. You know, KOC, it's a, wings K- are just chaos. Chaos. Koc. What do you think? Yeah, not a playmaking wing, but a you know a go get a bucket wing. And like I, like when he entered the NBA out of college, he didn't have a three pointer, and now he's hitting over forty percent of his threes, doing it off the dribble. I mean, that'd be a nice fit for Dallas. I I, I love him. For, for the guy that he's become, even if the playmaking's never there, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. You just want that guy to score. I guess my question, and, and maybe this plays to a little bit of what Brian is asking, is are the Mavericks the kind of team where they could get somebody who might be worth a little more for a little less for a chance to play with a team that is on the rise? Silence. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. Look, I think it's – I think – no, and I think it's possible, and I think that's the reason why there was there was you know that the, the Zach Levine thing even bubbled because I do think the Mavs kind of now played their way into that conversation that hey these guys are a team that just made the conference finals they just won 52 games they just had one of the five six best records in the league and you know guys who want to win will pay them more notice so I I do think there is something to that but the reality is this is just not a deep free agent class in terms of difference makers. And so, you know, the Mavs with only the mid-level to spend and an eye on the tax as it is, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't know that, you know, I, they're, they're hoping that Christian Wood is the difference maker and that they can re obviously keep Jalen without much fuss. Sure. Yeah, is, okay. is it crazy to think that this Wood move is more, you know, bolstering what they can do for this season, but also, a way to, to stock up for a 2023 off season that can get pretty crazy if they, if they, if it wanted to maybe be players in that. I'm not necessarily for, I don't think they'll have cap space, but just in terms of being in the market with trade ammo and, and, and maybe doing something there, maybe they have an eye toward that summer for uh, the next move. 
it definitely, you know, positions them better to just to have a young, another young talented player, whether it's like Mark said earlier, re-signing Brunson, you retain him and, and what, and the possibilities that could come in the future. And the same thing with Christian Wood, he's on the younger side. Maybe he has a big season with Luca and another team is willing to offer him a significant salary and, Maybe Dallas uh, needs to flip him in a trade. I mean, there's just like having good players in your team, like cap space, cap space isn't real necessarily. It is, but players can go where they want to go. So uh, having good players on your, on your team under contract means you're able to flip them anywhere, even if you just get one pick back. <laughs> Sorry. Our many people in this chat's mutual friend, Mr. Rangula just said something and I didn't realize I wasn't on mute. My bad. <laughs> Oh, I'm in a great mood. I like being in a great mood. <laughs> you know, it's just it's delighted to be thinking about basketball mid-June. I was looking forward to the draft, but now I can free up that night, I think. <laughs> oh, goodness. Brian, you got anything else for us? Wait, you're still not you're not going to watch the draft just because the Mavs traded their first? I mean, my uh, wife is I, going I do not, to kill I me. I do not believe yeah. you. I do not believe you. My wife is going <laughs> to kill me. She's with our puppy downstairs, and she's coming here three times shooting eye lasers at me. Why? So this may be my final show. But why? Show. You've got 1,300 people in here hanging on your every word. And she goes, I don't care. <laughs> Marriage is the best. I, I do have to say wow, on you've the, been live 90 minutes. Right. <laughs> yeah, I do have to say on the Gobert issue, I guess my question in that one is, how are we any different than Utah when uh, they don't have perimeter defense with Brunson and Luca? You have perimeter defense issues. How is that any different when teams spread out and attack Utah and they couldn't handle it? How would Dallas have been any different? I think better wing defenders with Kleba, DFS, Bullock. But I mean, to your point, Brian, like you're you're right about that on the perimeter. Luca needs to be better and. And Brunson's small, even if he, you know, is tough and tries hard. We've seen throughout the postseason, even with Derek White, team teams are attacking Derek White, and he's a great defensive player. It's just he happens to be smaller, and he can't get a contest on, you know, these taller guys who are trying to get switched onto him. So that's going to happen to Brunson, just like it it did this year. But I mean, I think like Mark said again, you know, retaining him is important uh, unless he can be immediately flipped for something of value in return, which. I mean, we'll see what opportunities could pop up there. But, uh, I mean, he's a really good player. I think the pros outweigh the cons in keeping him. Well, that's one of the things about the Wood trade that, like, okay, because he's on his last year, if if the experiment goes great, if he plays, if he hits his ceiling and maximizes all those gifts that KOC listed off the, you know, when he first joined in the room, then, okay, the Mavs can really change the way they play. But, you know, the Mavs just went to the conference finals playing five out and playing super small. Like, they're going to – something tells me they're still going to want to play super small a lot of the time. And so, you know, if you, if you go the Gobert route, you, you can't, you just, you can't, you got to commit to him for 30 minutes plus a game. So I think that's, that's why this would move, you know, is so much more appealing to them that it just, you know, if it, if it works great, great. But if it doesn't, we still have, this old way of playing in our back pocket where we just got to the conference finals. The, the chat is extraordinarily concerned about Woods' defense. I've just been reading some of the comments. And my opinion, not having seen Wood play defense that much, is that if the Mavericks can use Dwight Powell's kind of frenetic mobility 
then I don't see why they can't do the same with Wood. Getting him to buy in doesn't is, is a different question, but when you're on your seventh team and perhaps your last big payday, there's some incentive involved in, you know, buying in. Yeah, and I yeah. think you've you got to agree. Yeah, I agree there. Yeah. Powell minutes a lot better than, than what Powell is doing offensively, and he'll be able to hold his own, especially during the regular season. Yeah, there there was a chat, clip showed in the chat earlier of him uh, kind of getting feisty with Chris Stapps Porzingis in a late season game of Wizards Rockets, and I, ah, guys, I, uh, I can't believe I'm ready for basketball again. Thought I was ready for break. I'm not. What I'm curious about is, you know, projecting starting lineups and rotations and things like that. With Wood, it makes sense he's a starter, but, you know, they close the season, you know, with, with uh, DFS, Bullock, uh, you know, Brunson, Luca, and then Powell, and then they would, you know, play bringing Kleba for Powell, and they, they kind of really stuck to one big, you know, especially in the playoffs. So, I mean, I know regular season's a different beast, and you got to manage minutes, and you're not necessarily going to play your best lineups a ton in the regular season, but does this make, you know, Powell's got an expiring contract. I'm not trying to say they need to move him or anything, but if they're committed to five out basketball, one big at a time, I feel like, is there room for all three guys? Obviously there's there's room for Kleba. They need Kleba, but I'm just wondering if there's going to be a little bit of a a log jam or if they just feel like they're just going to spread the the center minutes among those three guys to, to keep them fresh. Yeah, I think you're going to see that uh, type of rotation in their front court. And, and with Christian Wood, the I have to bounce after this, but the one thing I'd say is, so I, I interviewed him two years ago uh, in 2020, and, and he told me his long-term goal was to get up to 240 pounds. I don't know if that's possible. I mean, I know with him, like my goal weights. is to get down to 240. Pounds. <laughs> yeah. This summer I'm going to get in the best shape of my life too. Uh, that, that's my goal. So, um, but for Christian Wood, hopefully for I've, him, said, I've said that for 30 straight <laughs> off. Season. It's, ha- it's happened like twice. Oh God. I mean, I hope this is one of those times for me, but uh, <laughs> I, I think with Christian Wood, the one thing to factor in though is, is this the summer entering a contract year where he actually does get in better shape physically? Does he add 15 pounds to get to 230, 235? Because that would make a world of difference in terms of how you can use him on the court. But thank you, guys. I appreciate you having me on. And, and Kevin, you're a man. The deal. Thank yeah, you. Everybody Kurt. can find all of Kevin's work at the ringer. He does amazing stuff on YouTube. He does some of these. He does podcasts. He does writing. If there's a thing to do, Kevin may do it. Mock draft. Um, thanks so much, buddy. He did a mock draft this week. He's in. Ah, I got. I got to update it. That is straight to the thing. <laughs> Hardest I'll working man. Guys. Thanks so much, Kevin. Talk soon. Have a fun Bye, night. Kevin. See y'all. Brian, you got anything else for us? Uh, yeah. Question for Steiny. What, what uh, off off the court Christian Wood concerns? Has he outgrown any of that? Obviously, last year there were some issues um showing up for practices etc uh what are what are what should we look at in that area look i think the jury's going to be out until he gets there and delivers i mean he's never really been in a winning situation so whatever questions concerns doubts are you know i think he's going to have to you know he can only silence them by playing well but you know this is really his you know he 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 played on a bad Detroit team, put himself in a position to get a nice contract from Houston, 
and Harden left, and they've been pretty much in tank mode ever since. So this is going to be the first time we see him in a situation with, you know, a team that, you know, championship aspirations, maybe that's, maybe that's still a bit too far out of the Mavs reach, but obviously, you know, the Mavs feel like they're back in the Western conference elite. So, you know, only he can answer the doubters. Um, But again, to me, like, I just, (coughs) sorry, I, uh, I, I'm losing my voice here again. I, to me, you, 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 the Mavericks moved four guys they weren't going to use for a guy they're definitely going to use. And from that perspective, uh, it is a more than worthy gamble. Yeah, I think the bottom line is they traded their 26th pick for someone they probably, you know, an immediate starter that they wouldn't have found at 26 in this year's draft. And so that is a, that's a home run for me. I guess the question then is, you know, what can they do to shore up uh, a little bit more wing depth at free agency. Um, I guess my last salvo to you, Steiny, is, you know, it is the expirings of Powell and Kleba. If they pick up a job, his option, which I expect they will, and, and or, you know, Hardaway with maybe a pick, does that get you in any conversations trade-wise for some other wings out there? I cannot say to this point that I've heard – any rumbles about Hardaway having suitors. So, you know, my instinct would be it's going to be hard for the Mavs to get into the mix to make that kind of sizable trade. And look, I I definitely think they want to keep Maxi badly. I, I I don't think they're looking to move him. Now, you know, in March, people were saying that that all of Maxi's trade value is gone. And I think the way he play he played in the playoffs restored it all. But um I at this point, I, mean, I don't want to sit here and rule it out definitively because, again, you know, they just made a trade on June 15th way sooner than people expected. But I, I'm I'm not sitting here thinking that that they've got another uh, another blockbuster in the pipeline. All right. Thanks, guys. I'll let you I'll let you roll and talk to some other people. But I'm excited. This is uh, this was a fun little present from Nico. I am too. Thanks so much, Brian. I appreciate your And thoughts. you know what, man? Look, I don't want to – if people want to get up here and talk, I don't want to sit up here and blab all day. I've said enough. So I'm, I'm going to step aside too and let the masses – how long are you going to go? How, how, how much permission, you know, how much, I mean, how, much of a, you know, how much of a hall pass do you have to keep this thing rolling? I mean, my, like, my wife will take me for everything already, so we might as well just keep going. <laughs> follow and I, uh, by the way, follow and I will uh, pod on this on Monday. So look out. Brian, I, the name of your show is escaping me. I was about to Google it. And then my computer right. died. What's what's it called? Take that with you. D A T. Take that with you. Take that with you. Go to the Dallas Mavericks YouTube channel, and we will have a video uh, podcast on there, and in all of your audio platforms on Monday with follow up. Yeah, it's great stuff. Thanks so much, Brian. They brought that out from uh, from behind a paywall this year, and it was like it's just two guys that know hoops, and it's really worth listening to. Stein, you want me to boot you too? I saw that. Well, after that paywall shade, I don't know. Maybe I should go. But hey, I'll, hey, I'll, 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 you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll stay for a few. If, if, if the masses want to come up and ask something, I'll, I'll stay for a few more. But I don't want to, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to take, I don't want to take airtime away from anybody who's dying to come on here and yell at you. Well, I, I gotta give my buddy, my, my buddy and and Spotify Live uh, outreach uh, a buddy here, Mr. Patrick Muldowney. Uh, hit the unmute button and talk to us. You as a Suns fan, how are you feeling about this? Rageful? 
First of all, more important than the sun side of things, it's just the, how, how beautiful of a night it is on Spotify Live. When I tell you guys that I've been sending messages internally at Spotify about this room for the last hour to our team and how excited I've been and how excited everybody is internally, I, I, it's, it's just been a, it's been a joy for me. So that has been Mark, you jumping on, Kirk, you hosting the room, sacrificing your family for this. AOC <laughs> coming in. Sacrificing his marriage. Uh, I doesn't know this. My son barfed at the moment I pressed start, so I had to mute the oh. room for five minutes. It was great stuff. So this, but this is what I wanted to say is like, because Kirk, I know you're you're used to doing these rooms, but this is such a unique one. I, I think you just wanted to do a quick little reset for everybody that doesn't know. First of all, everybody, make sure you're following Kirk. He's one of the most dedicated and best hosts on this platform, and has every Mavericks new piece of news covered year round. Make sure you guys are following Stein. Stein has been doing the best weekly rooms, taking callers around. They're, the they're amazing. Oh, so much fun. If you want it, like we're really heading into like international basketball season too. It's the only place you can come talk and have these conversations on a daily basis. You can basis. also hear him when his and soccer also, team loses. He gets sad. Sorry, Mark. Just kidding. <laughs> look, at, look at my guy Zaza. Of course, he's in here from Milwaukee at like whatever time it is. And uh, he's, he's, he's right there when you said international basketball. He's all over. He was in one of our rooms with Hassan Minaj uh, a few weeks ago. I was, I was firing some inter- international questions at him. Uh, but I just, guys, I just wanted to jump on, say thank you from all of us at Spotify Live. This is awesome. This is what we want this to be. To everybody hanging out in the chat, this has been amazing. I know Josh has already written about the, the trade, and it's up on Mavs Moneyball. If you guys aren't following and subscribe to Stein's Substack, do it now. You're very far behind. Make sure you're following all these guys. And the content factory is, is unbelievable. KOC already has a whole trade breakdown up on his Instagram. Uh, he did a whole Instagram reel about it. So he, he probably just clipped himself talking to us and then posted it on Instagram live. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but guys, I just wanted to jump in. I wanted to say thank you. Look, I, I was really hopeful for a son's window that we were going to have there. It was about 15 minutes and it closed. I'm okay. I can, I can, I can deal with that. I've accepted that now. I'm a passionate Spotify live fan now. I'm not just worried about the basketball. Patrick, that was really nice, and I think I want to clip everything you just said, and we're going to use that, like, in our podcast feed, maybe, like, as an ad or endorsement. That's a good idea. (laughs) See, this is why I can't be in charge. (laughs) Thanks, Patrick. No, man, you have have such an audience. You Mavs Mavs guys have such an audience. Early adopters. I was actually thinking, like, I was actually thinking, should should we do a – should I call you to do a finals room, even though your beloved Mavs are not in the finals? Like – you, if we did a post game six, you'd probably still bring three hundred people to talk about Warriors Celtics game. People six. love people love. I, I people are just kind of questing for community, is what I found. And like you get this, there's people all over the world, man. It's amazing. I love it. Well, you know, I like doing things late at night on the in the rooms, but like I I yeah, I don't know if that's. It seems like the late night rooms are drawing bigger crowds. Maybe, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm doing it too early by going at noon or three <laughs> or five. Like, I don't know. I, I I think you could get away with it. It's pretty, I mean, you hung out with us that one night. It, it's, you, you'd be surprised the people that are awake. So if you wanted to take this another hour, people would stay, wouldn't they? I, I mean, I may have to. We have like 35 people with questions, <laughs> and I always feel guilty never getting to them. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring up somebody. Name I don't recognize, but that's okay. Matthew, how you doing? You've been waiting a long time. What's up? Hey, thanks for having me on. <clears throat> I think um, one thing that I've noticed is like are a lot of our talent 
and within our rotation is getting paid pretty well. We don't have any really great contracts or first round picks or second round picks anymore that are playing well below their value up in Brunson. He's about to get paid. Is there a concern that with continuation of just like trading their picks and just kind of selling on the draft that there is a ceiling when you don't have a Grant Williams, you don't, well, Grant's having a bad series, but just generally speaking, when you don't have a lot of that overachieving talent on really low deals or like, is there a ceiling there as a team? Ooh, you have to get lucky. You just have to get lucky. And luck is not, comes from developmental cycles. Like take a look at Dorian Finney-Smith, undrafted guy for a reason, if we're being honest. And the Mavericks made it work over time. Um, they're they're going to have to get lucky with some some you know maybe veteran deals. And if there's one undrafted guy that they really have their eye on, I hear what you're saying because it, it's when, when you the Mavericks just moved a bunch of players who didn't really have a lot of potential going forward. And if the Mavericks can somehow snag, you know, what is a guy like that making fourteen million dollars? But it, it's a poten- guy who potential to outperform his contract is kind of what you're asking. Um, in my opinion. And, and I just, I think they're, they're just, you know, they're, they're going to have to figure something out. But I, I told Mark this earlier in the show, Josh is shocked to hear this too, being my podcast partner. There's just some value in, um, in giving the Mavericks the, they've earned the benefit of the doubt moving forward. So whatever they do next, I'm just going to have a hard time doing anything other than smiling and saying, okay, let's see how it goes. I think they've been pretty good on the minimum guys over the years, like and Dorian is probably exhibit A. You have to hit home runs and you have to find guys like that who become who who turn into something you didn't expect. But you know, look, you can you the, the Mavs draft record and free agent record, you know, has probably fueled fifty angry shows for Mr. <laughs> Henderson. But on on the, you know, the maxis, you know, finding guys and, and doing you know, they, they've done they've they I think they've pretty routinely done well in that department. Hey, Gal Mackel exists, sir. <laughs> if it makes I you feel any better, Mark, I've always, I've always tried to counteract the Kirk, the, the Kirk vibe a little bit with like, they're always pretty good when they're not star chasing. I've always felt that they've been pretty good at those low key kind of lower level moves like Brandon Wright back in the day, uh, Al Farouk Aminu they got for a minimum. Not that long ago. Well, actually, probably is that long ago. But yeah, I, I agree with you. They're always pretty good at that. I, I guess my only counter to that would be we're at the point of the cycle where all those guys are getting paid. The DFS, the Brunson, you know. So like, and the problem is we have these these you know larger contracts where Dinwiddie's far out, getting paid way too much. Bertans is getting paid way too much. So like, and that's the reason why we're in cap hell. But it's just trying to find that balance of having role players who are not necessarily overpaid because I think everyone has earned their contracts in terms of, you know, obviously whatever Brunson gets paid and, and Finney Smith. Um, but like, we just don't have anybody that's, you know, at a bargain bargain deal in the next two or three years. Yeah. I don't know. Hey, uh, just to tease our, our man, Josh in the chat. Maybe Josh Green will find some some more applicable, consistent basketball skills. That could be something. You never know. Well, thank you, Matthew. Thanks for having me. All right. Um, I actually, I actually, unfortunately, do have to go now. Oh, so yeah. I apologize, but I think what? you guys will. 
I think you, if uh, if conditions allow me to return, I will check to see if you guys are still going. But, Go uh, forth. Uh, thank you so much for your time, Mark. You're the best. Yeah, appreciate no, guys, it, Mark. Uh, guys, thanks for having me. Always a pleasure to. Uh, I'm actually not in Dallas as we speak, so good good to speak. Uh, Good to speak to my to my neighbors from afar. <laughs> As well, sir. And everybody, go to Mark Stein Substack. Subscribe. Pay for good work. Granted, none of you pay me. None of my work is good. <laughs> Different problem. Um, all right, Josh, do you want to hang out? Because I'm going to fly through some people. No, who, uh, yeah, no, I'm good. I mean, I'm kind of in the background getting ready to write some analysis on the move for the site tomorrow, but I live hanging out. This is fun. Nick, I'm sorry. I didn't see your question. I would have brought you up earlier as um, the actual Avengers were assembling. So what's happening? <laughs> Guys, can the Mavericks still get Zach Levine? Can they get Zach Levine? Can they trade? <laughs> can they trade for Zach Levine? Is that still a thing? Uh, my favorite, like thirsty ass Mavs fans. <laughs> Just, I, I want more. Like I want more. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it. it's the it's the it's the Bo Burnham daddy made you some content, right? Like just, he's just gonna keep singing that over and over again. Oh, so how you feel? How you oh look? man. You just muted oh, yourself. Said- but the, the trade the trade <laughs> the trade is fascinating to me because now it's it's a little bit of a risk. You got Christian Wood, who is an expiring deal, and he's also a little bit of a he had an attitude problem in Houston, but I think I would have an attitude problem in Houston playing with all those guys too. Like how many games did you watch of Houston this year where it's just like Jalen Green has the ball now. Josh uh, Children's or Josh Christopher has the ball now. Like So you could have ended that sentence with how many games of Houston did you watch? <laughs> at least what they played the Mavericks three times. You watched at least those. I know that. But That's true. No, that's a good point. I, I, feel, it's I feel what you're saying. It's an interesting risk, and I think it's one worth taking. I think it's a win for the Mavs. The problem is, like, he's not the rim protector that, that Nico Harrison said that they wanted to get. So, I don't know. I, I heard some guy named KOC talking about Rudy Gobert, but I don't think they're getting anybody else. Right. Right. Oh, man. I just, I'm not really, like, it sucks, like, I don't know, maybe I'm just getting jazzed up by everybody's excitement, but this is just this nice, and – I it's just fun, to, right? Trades are I, fun. I kind of just want to take a nap until free agency starts now. Just <laughs> not produce any more content. No, you, you'll be on every single trade rumor. There'll, there'll be you – know, Jake Jake Fisher will come out with some. The Mavs are currently in talks with, and we'll just be all over it. We'll be all ready. This is the this is this time of year. It's the best time of year. It's the what Stein calls the – what does he call it? The transaction game. That's what we like more than the court sometimes. Right. The wheel never stops turning. Yeah. Except this year, the court was actually super fun, so we were we were okay with the court stuff this year. And now exactly I think right. Christian Wood, it at least gives them some more options on offense, and it gives them one of the problems they had last year was you either had Dwight who could roll or Maxi could space the floor, and now they have a guy that at least on offense can do both at the same time, which is super nice. I'm pretty pumped. I mean, I I just think the versatility of lengthy lineups right now is. They can do some stuff. I mean, where everybody's been rightfully making fun of that terrible Bleacher Report tweet, but I could also see Jason <laughs> Kidd like doing that, you know? Like well, he, he, can, he can play with meat. He can play with Maxi and he can play with Dwight because of his ability to space the floor and step out, right? Like so it's not ridiculous that he would play that front court. Now I don't know about the that being a starting unit, but here we are. Yeah. It's just fun to have more guys that can walk and chew gum at the same time. I feel like uh, yes, 
Just, That's right. <laughs> which might be putting it a little too harshly, but you know what I mean. My question is, is this another failure for the Dallas Mavericks front office before? Because they had Christian Wood. <laughs> <laughs> they had it. Christian Wood. He was part of the Orlando Mavericks that went and won the summer, the Orlando Summer League. Which back year? In 2017. 2017. And did he I not to, go to Vegas with them for some reason? I don't think so. I had to Google search like Christian Wood Mavericks Summer League and just like search through a bunch of pages and finally found one on like a Orlando Sentinel something or other. But that was the That's team amazing. with Ding, with Ding Ying Yuhan and uh, Jamil Warney and Jonathan Motley. And, that was a fun like, team. You're right. <laughs> that was fun. But that's outstanding, yeah. buddy. I love it. The other thing, the other thing about Christian Wood is he's never been on a what? What good teams has he been on? So I think maybe the the, the system and the coaching and the stability could help in that area. I, that's been kind of the main argument, and and I'm sort of stuck on. I had a Bucks fan uh, message me, and it's like I'm really sorry. Wood is terrible, but then there's the the the, the Houston uh, Chronicle guy saying, "Hey, this is important." Like. This is the thing. Fagan, he, he, yeah. He's been a yeah, Fagan. So like he's been a good guy. Like that matters a lot to me because number one, he doesn't have to do that because you'll notice that when beat, it, it becomes evident when you follow certain beat writers and they don't have anything to say when players move on. You know, sometimes it means nothing. Sometimes it means a lot. Everybody's got to make a comment though. You got to have right. a comment on some on everything. So I'm, uh, no, here's here's hoping to uh, amazingly weird and funny Brad Townsend tweets on the way out the door, just like emojis followed by names. You know, <laughs> I love Brad. <laughs> followed by just going oh, yeah. after anybody that said anything bad. Uh, I got I got some stuff to do. The podcast is already out, but I have some other locked on things. To well, everybody go listen to Locked On Mavs. I'm sure everyone here already is going to do that. All right, buddy. Thanks so much. See you guys. Bye. All right. Let's go with Chris, who has been waiting. What's up, dude? Hey. Uh, oh, the one time we have over a thousand people, I actually I get on. It's kind of a kind of got some stage fright here now. Nah. <laughs> no, we're, all, we're, all friend, we're all fellow internet weirdos here. Heck yeah. I can't, like, I, was, I can't put that clearly enough. Like if you're on the internet after two hours listening to a show like this live on your phone, you are my people. <laughs> yeah. Like watching a show with my wife, I was like. Gotta get on a Spotify live. She's like, what's that? I'm like, yeah, exactly. You oh, haven't yeah. seen me all season long getting on these things after all the games. No, but uh, yeah, this kind of came out of nowhere. I mean, I uh, wasn't expecting us to do anything until at least draft night, but I don't keep up with college basketball or draft stuff. So, and I know we have a new GM, but you know, obviously with the mass draft history, this is a, uh, this is great. I mean, we got the, my, the question is why is, why isn't Dwight Powell included in this trade? But <laughs> Maybe <laughs> brutal. Poor Dwight Powell taking chicken strays. I love well, it. I was, I was reading the long list of people getting traded, and I was like, "Where's Powell? Like, wh- why isn't Powell on this list?" But you know, it, it, it it's okay. It's okay. Um, you know, they got a, another good player. Uh, I don't think that they're done. I know. Obviously, we've all mentioned that you're kind of limited on what what the mass can do. But um, <laughs> this is a. I mean, let's say this trade happened two months ago. I mean, we we made we just made it to the Western Conference Finals. Do you think that we might have made it to the finals? Like, I don't know. So, I don't really have much to say, honestly. I'm kind of, I was kind of tired, but uh, yeah, this is a this is a good good trade. Hopefully, they could just make some more things uh, happen. Is there anything else on the radar that's that's a possibility? I mean, I know, like I said, we're kind of limited on what we can do, but is there anything you foresee maybe possibly happening? Or I for like that was kind of why I asked Stein the question, you know, those guys the question about um, 
guys maybe signing for less. Like, you know, there's people in China, oh, Goron's never going to come here. He's never going to be a Mavs. Okay, but, you know, the Mavs have, like, roster spots open now. And so if, if you're – I'll just put it like this. I, I would say they're in, like, the top eight teams for people who would be considering going to play for other good teams. And so that opens up a world of possibilities that just has not been here. In yeah, can I throw out a name? Please. Uh, my, I don't know he – I have to imagine he's too expensive for the mini mid level, but if we're looking for another wing in that range, what about Gary Harris? That uh, the chat was going nuts about that earlier. So that, oh, okay, that I missed that. I haven't been looking at the chat. Well, thank you, chat. But uh, yeah, yeah. Now, Victor, mean, my man Victor Lugo has been yelling about him for forty-five <laughs> solid minutes. So Victor, it's okay. Well, yeah, his last contract was huge, so it just like he made twenty million dollars last year, which makes yes. me think it'd be crazy for him to take a contract that's like, I think our mini bid level is about like little little underneath six and a half a year, so that would be a huge, huge pay decrease for him. Uh, but I mean, he kind of, I mean, when he got traded to Orlando, I mean, he pretty much was off the radar. So he's kind of getting toward the end. You know, he's not old, but. You know, he's been around the league enough. I mean, I wonder if he's, you know, Kirk, you always talk about guys that make their money, and once they make their money, they're more willing to be, you know, for role players, they're more willing to take a little less because they're ready to win, and maybe that's, maybe he falls into that bucket, but he, he'd he be great, uh, even though he has, like, really terrible injury history. But, I mean, what, are you, what else are you going to do with, you know, a $6.5 million per year slot that you have, basically? Right. But I don't know. Uh, lastly, this just was a good ride. Obviously, I mean, it's, we've been out of the playoffs for you know a few weeks now, but it's uh just <laughs> it's just crazy if you really think about it. It just happened recently. Just think how far we got, just what with what we had a seven eight man rotation. It just it's nuts. I mean, now we're all adding a good player. I I feel like with the culture in Dallas, Jason Kidd. I mean, we had Dinwiddie come from uh, the Wizards and. Wasn't there a reputation about him, you know, having bad vibes? But yeah, like everybody's mentioning, he was—they were just not a bad team. I mean, he's going to be coming to play with Luca. He just saw how far the Mavs just got, and he—he's in a contract year. If he wants to get paid, you know, I mean, right. So there are a few players better that you can say, "Hey, I'm going into a contract year. Let me go play with a guy who gets the ball to people in their shooting pocket." Yeah, we got Luca. I mean, I'm sure they'll. Keep, keep Brunson, but, I mean, we have a bunch of solid role players. I mean, that's kind of how you win a championship anyway. You don't have to have a three-headed monster, a top-heavy team, because if one player gets injured and you got a bunch of G League players, I mean, you're not – you're going to be like the Nets or whatever, get knocked out of the first round. So Yeah, I was to say, that's kind of been the trend of this playoffs. You look at the, the teams that are top-heavy with max contracts, Lakers, Nets, you know, and the teams that are in the finals, Boston, which pretty much kind of smoothed their – their cap kind of across like five guys that can all do things and play and warriors kind of like that a little bit to a smaller degree, but yeah, that's, that, that might be like the trend because it's a copycat league. Teams are going to look at what Boston did. They're going to look, I mean, <laughs> can't really look at what Golden State did because that's, that's, you can't really replicate that at all. And guys, but, I really wanted a Mavs Celtics finals. This, this, I'm still like, <laughs> I'm still hurting from, I know we got knocked out in five. It's not like we went to seven games, but damn, like, wouldn't we have had home court advantage too? I mean, against the Celtics. Yes. Yep. Oh my God. Sorry, Elliot. I thought I muted myself on the typing. It's it's hard to run a website and host a Spotify Live. My apologies. 
but yeah, I'll get off here, but it's been a great, great year. Uh, I'm glad, you know, a little early head start on the trades and all. This is great. I mean, I think Nico's doing a great job and uh, hopefully just able to do something with what they're limited to right now. Right. Right. Well, thanks so much, Chris. Yes, sir. Y'all have a good day. Yeah. Our, our man, CBA Mavs turned in a piece on what the Mavericks, like how the Mavericks could keep Christian Wood because he's in, you know, he's going to be an unrestricted free agent next summer. Um, just an interesting tidbit in here. He talks about a potential contract extension, which the earliest it could happen is the first six months after a trade, but he is like the Mavericks could extend him. Uh, I'm, I'm going to publish this shortly. It's, it's just, it's, this stuff is nerd heaven. Um, anyways, I'm glad he's doing this. I am editing him right now. Um, <laughs> let me see here. Oh, there's Scott. <laughs> Hi Scott. What's up? I'm so bad at this. You speak sometimes. my name. You speak my name, and I show up. That's what happens. How you doing, buddy? <laughs> doing fine. Hey, um, yeah, I just wanted to turn in that piece so people could see that, uh, you know, if if you are interested in keeping him long term. Hey, one thing that is really really tough for those of us who write articles is that, um, yeah, his name's Wood, and we have to say stuff like raises and extends and all sorts of yep. stuff. And this is gonna be. <laughs> <laughs> this is a it's a problem. Like, well, I, I really want to like, write his name as you know, Christian Bo- Woods. Exactly. It's well, I just well, well, Josh is like, hey, you know, when you write an article, the proper way is use his full name, and then at the after that, use just his last name. And I'm like, I can't do it, man. I'm, I'm going to keep using his full name because <laughs> I cannot. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's one issue that is going to be there for all of us for a while. Um, but yeah, the the idea is that if if we want to extend him, I don't know exactly how the calendar works because he signed November 24th, 2020. They've been adjusting the calendar. And so two years won't actually be in November. It'll be earlier. Just kind of like how the Josh Richardson TPE was supposed to expire July 31st, but they actually made it kind of run the same length of the season that it was under. So I think it'll be in July that we could start extending him. And uh, yeah, it's just two years is all you can tack on the first six months after you acquire him basically giving him a 20% increase and then a 5% increase after that. Exactly what Jonas Valanciunas got from the Pelicans. And then after that, so sometime in January uh, through through June 30th, we could extend him um, up to that second amount that I showed, which is like uh, you know a total of $90 million, including the $14 million of this year. So, yeah, and, and then we have bird rights after that. So if you are a fan of him and want him to stick around, Mavericks have lots of ways. This is actually really good. I mean, if, if they're not going to get cap room, turning that – kind of crappy into the bench into like possibly a useful player for trade and or, or to keep really, really helps a lot. So that you don't just have things like last year where Nico Melli and JJ Redick expired and just went into nothingness, you know, to turn Burke, Boban, um, Chris, and um, who am I forgetting Brown into something that's useful is really, really good for them for the future. Anyway, I just wanted to come on, clarify those points. Hopefully the piece will help people out. As it's, they I just I press publish. You did good stuff here. So it's their their options are just to you know, grin and go click the piece everyone. But their options are he becomes a free agent, they resign him, or they somehow find an extension. Which the extension part of that is really interesting to me. In that I don't you know extending somebody like that. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. the other thing I, I did want to comment on was just the idea that, Hey, maybe this allows us to get Levine or any of those guys. I, I liked how Nick was joking about that, but, but yeah, like now we actually have right around the same salary, but we have to fill up more roster spots, which mm-hmm. each one costs like the minimum right. is 953,000. So Josh Bell, about starting, starting our backup power forward. 
<laughs> well, I mean, what I'm saying is that they're going to be in the tax. No, don't don't try to calculate any sort of tra- sign and trade. I mean, it's just an uninteresting conversation to me personally. Okay. But uh, if other people want to have it, that's completely fine. And I won't try to burst their bubble too much. But uh, yeah, look for players that are already under contract if you're trying to do a trade. But right now I see the, the, the route is this is our big man acquisition. Let's let's get a let's get a wing using that TPE MLE, maybe get Dragic to come in on a minimum and uh, go forward. Man, thanks so much, man. Appreciate you. See ya. Bye. All right. My man, Mason, in the chat is just having a great time with puns. Um, all right. Let's go to – let's – guys, I'm I'm going to fly through people, but please do your best to – let's keep it brief because I don't want to die. Tyler. What is up, guys? Um, y'all already have heard enough about the, the wood trade itself, so I want to get into it. A different concept that has been going through the chat, and then I had a, a question about too, and it's good that Scott is here for this. Um, there's been some talk about, you know, the Philly uh, with Danny Green and the 23, 23rd pick in this year's draft. Um, Perfect math, this, four years later. I mean, hey, I mean, if we're just going to have empty roster spots waiting around, at least this guy is an empty roster spot who gives you a first-round pick, so – I mean, I don't know if that's something that can be done. I mean, Scott can obviously uh, attest to that. But I think if it's possible, they should explore that option to even like, just get an extra first-round pick. That's stuff that winning teams can do to get extra assets. So you what would first, even Josh. be the tr- – I'm, I'm trying to think, would it be using – like what would the trade be to get Danny Green and that pick here? Would, the, would it be the Mavericks absorbing? I think – can they absorb green with the, the trade exception? I think Philly or? just wants to do it to get off the contract, and so we would just take him into the TPE, but I'm not 100% sure how all that works. But yeah, we definitely are offering a pick to just get off the contract. I mean, I don't see why not. Oh, yeah, I mean, that, that makes a lot of sense. And now that they have all those roster spots, you know, they can have their first-round pick. I mean, I remember before the Wood trade, it was do they trade their first-round pick, you know, down the line because they've got they don't have any roster spots so yeah that makes that makes a little sense there um one thing that you have to think about though is daryl morey is in charge of the sixers and i don't know if mark cuban and daryl morey have kissed and made up uh because i know they do not like they did not like each other there uh, when morey was uh running the Rockets. so i know that's like kind of like hearsay and stuff like that. Like, I don't know if that would actually hold up the end of the deal, but you'd be surprised how much like relationship matters when you need to get, when you need to get deals done. So I almost, I wonder if, if that would come into play. Yeah, true. I just think it's something that we could kind of get ourselves into that conversation now that we have the extra, the extra roster spots available to, you know, potentially get an extra asset. Even if we don't use the pick, it's something else we can trade. We can uh, actually trade. We'll see, man. I'm not sure. Tyler, you're great for hanging out for so long. Ah, uh, you know it. Appreciate it. All right. Be good. Talk soon. <clears throat> All right. Garrett, how you doing? Hey, how are y'all doing? Not bad. You're hanging in there. Yeah, I'm good. I'm just, uh, I'm just happy. I mean, it's not happy is good. To talk about again. <laughs> I, I enjoy this. Enjoy it. We are. 
damn it, life is too short. So, you know, granted, it's it's nice to be talking to friends about this is where my my head is. I mean, I was just laying around and then my phone just started blowing up and I just see people freaking out about Christian Wood. And when I saw the first initial Shams tweet where it said multiple players, I was like, oh, don't, they're going to take Maxi from us or something. I was like, oh, it'll be, they'll get somebody. And then when the tweet came out, I was crushed about Boban because now Boban has to go down to Houston. But outside of that, I mean, just end of the bench guys and a pick for a guy who can play. I mean, it's it's a steal. Yeah, I honestly, I was right there with everyone else. I think it was Chris who came up who was like, "Oh, well, that means Dwight Powell's gone." Like that was, I think that was the first thing I typed into our Slack after someone said, "Hey, the Mavericks just traded for Christian Wood." I was like, "Okay." You know, who was a four? And they're like, well, they don't have the players. They just said expiring. And I'm like, oh, okay, so that's got to mean Dwight Powell. Uh, the fact that they just they didn't trade, the fact that no one from their rotation was touched is pretty. I, I thought it would be like Josh in, a fir- Josh in the first or somebody, but just nobody. Yeah, I, mean, I, I think that kind of goes both. It's both kind of both ways where it's like, that's awesome in terms of the risk. It lowers the risk tremendously. Like, right. Great job. But, but then on the other hand, the other part of my brain is just like, well, why was he that cheap? <laughs> but yeah. as we've been talking about for the last hour, you know, there's, there's reasons to be hopeful. Free Shangun and just let him have fair play with Bancaro and totally just give it to the young guys. Cause they'll, what are they'll, they'll start green poor junior, whoever number three is Shangun and, I don't know, Christopher, Sean Tate. Right. So they'll just be another fun young team, and then – Yeah, he's expiring. They weren't going to bring him back. They'll go for Wimbanyama or something. Yeah. That makes sense. Oh, man. Well, thanks so much, Garrett. Yep. That's all I had. You all have a good night. Yep, you too. Uh, Where'd Krishna go? He was in here, and then he wasn't. Oh, well. Aaron, how you doing? Aaron, you there? That's okay. Aaron, request to come back up if uh, you're not seeing the speaker button. We'll bring you back up in a bit. Um, Jared, what's up? Yeah, good day. How's it going? Good, good. How you doing? Middle of your work day? Yeah, just finished up. Outstanding. Jared's in in Australia, for those of you who don't have ears. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I got a couple of quick things to go through. One thing with, uh, with wood production... Bear him. I'm pretty sure Houston basically had no point guards on their roster. Like they got Porter Jean, um, not Porter Jean. Um, yeah, the guy that they were jamming in as the point guard, um, Porter. Um, but he's he's not really up. right. No, he's he he's on his way out of the league. Himself, like, and Jalen Green's the same. He's a he's a gunning. So um, yeah, would um. Easy buckets should um, increase a lot, a lot more with um, with Brunson and and, and Luca, even Dinwiddie, um, off the bench. Um, the thing with uh, somebody was mentioning um, Danny Green. I'm pretty sure his contract is non-guaranteed, so I think Philly are uh, shopping him and the pick to get another decent um, vet. They're not just trying to dump his contract. Um, hmm. for, for, I can see when I look at the salary. salary yeah, page. I mean, but his knee is so like you got it. Like that's a tough. The, his knee is, oof, man. He hurt it. If then you know, oh, the yeah, playoffs, yeah. So. But I'm saying they're not. They're not just trying to 
they don't need to pay to get rid of him. They can just cut him. Oh, his, okay. Yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. So they're trying to use his, and then so they can trade him to somebody to another team. So like they can trade him to for Powell, and we could just cut Green and evaporate Powell's contract. Kind of thing. That's the kind of thing the deal I think they're going for. Right. Okay. Get a useful vet for the for their bench and using the, the pick for that instead of adding a rookie that's not going to contribute for three years. True. Uh, and I was wondering whether Rub- I can't remember how bad Rubio got injured. Is he a? a um, because he got he got dumped to to the paces, um, because he got injured. So I was wondering whether he'd be a reasonable backup option if they need if if Dragic decides to go somewhere else. So it's torn ACL, obviously. You know, a guard at that age. I mean, he's not exactly an old man, but you got to be concerned with somebody that tears their ACL. You want, you know, I mean, we obviously got the guy with that Spencer Dinwiddie. You know, years probably a reasonable projection. So that seems a little bit tough for a team in this timeline. Yeah, because that was right around the trade deadline, wasn't it? Right. So, you know, yeah, you're not going to get him until the after the All Star game, I guess. Um, same with Joe Ingles. I think he he'd actually be a pretty good player, but he's um, right, and he's yeah going to be rehabbing for another almost year. Which is so disappointing because like Ingles Ingles is just like if you're talking, I mean he's. We know this now, but he was he was the the thing that held the Jazz together. Yeah, that's what I think people sort of didn't take enough notice of. As soon as they traded him, their chemistry went to garbage. Yep. You could, it just it was blatantly obvious that Mitchell just hated Gobert's guts and just refused to pass him the ball. <laughs> um, Pretty wild. So that was it's yeah. I think they just need to gut their team and, and start from scratch. But the trouble is they're not gonna. When you got somebody of Mitchell's star level, even though I don't think he's good enough to be a number one on a contender, um, they, they, they just can't let him go if he's willing to stay because just their, right. their, their market, they'd have to go through another 15 drafts, drafts to get somebody yep. like him. Um, and I, I mentioned the chat people didn't like it that much was um, Fiebel as a bench wing. Um, obviously his his offense is terrible, but um, he's top five wing defender in the league. Um, and when you've got like Luca and Brunson and um even Wood in terms of scoring, um, I think his lack of scoring would not be as big a deal as it, as it looks on paper anyway. Look, if there's one team in the NBA that can make use of a wing that plays defense and cannot shoot, uh, the Dallas Mavericks have lots of experience handling <laughs> those players. So bring them on. I'd take them for sure. Yeah, I think like Hardaway would be a pretty good bench scorer for, for Philly. But I think you mentioned that um, Maureen and Cuban don't like each other that much. So. <laughs> Maury apparently... After Dwight Howard signed yeah. in Houston, he apparently texted Cuban and was like, how much for Dirk? Like, and Mark took that. Yes. Took slight. Like, I think it was men in jest. It <laughs> pissed Cuban off to high heaven. <laughs> yeah. And I think there was some, like, like more, like, because Maury was able to, like, the Rockets were relevant in a way that the Mavericks weren't in that era. And, like, Maury was starting to be get the reputation of like the smart analytics guy that I think Cuban kind of had, you know, in the early two thousands. So like, yeah. I, I just, those guys just don't like, I mean, back then, I don't know if the patches have been 
mended. But when Maury was in Houston, I know those two guys were not necessarily fond of each other. That's right. Does that mean well, thanks holding, so much, Jared? Does that mean he's holding grudges against chairs that hold doors shut as well, or something? Probably. <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll head off. Just one last thing: is how bad is the summer league team going to be? With no. I'm, I'm really. I, I'm heading to Vegas, so I might get some minutes. We'll see. All right, Jared. All right, thanks so much. Fun. Have a good day. All right. Let's fly through some people because I got to go soon. I apologize, Krishna. What's up? Hit that mute button one more time. One more time again. There we go. Looks like you're double tapping. There we go. Oh. And you did it again. It's an impressive number of mute hits. <laughs> the app's a little buggy for me sometimes. It is. Uh, no, it's not him. It's definitely the app. Sign, sign sent me a screenshot of his not having the mute button. So, you know, <laughs> they, they update it like every four days. <laughs> Chris, Krishna, are you there? Oh, I'm there. It's just not. Yeah, it's. Oh it's, man, you're on the fritz. I'm sorry. Let's try this again later. All right. Appreciate you trying. All right. Um, James, what's up? James Marion, how you doing? You there? Man, those, the, he's got Houston uniforms. Man, those are great looking. I like that baby blue. Oh, well, we'll try again later. Um, let's go to my man Drew. I know Drew's app works. Yeah. It's worth Hey, I've been missing you. I've been traveling. I was a couple weeks in Alaska, and I um, next week I'm going to Florida, so it's my travel. I didn't season. post much. I've been kind of a slack ass. I got messages this morning like, am I missing shows? I'm like, no, I'm just not posting. <laughs> uh, okay, because I saw you come in there a few times, but I missed it, you know. But, uh, you know, anyhow, I just came, clicked on and came, and then I, I came on. And I said, what, is Kirk not saying anything? And, yeah, you had the thing with your kid and everything like that. So that threw me for a loop for a minute. Apologies but, uh, about that. Yeah. No, no no worries. No worries. It was a great show. You you know, you had KOC and Mark Stein, these guys. That was That was worthwhile for sure. And you guys asked, really answered a lot of my questions. The trade exception, I didn't, I wasn't, I didn't think the trade exception was involved in this, but you guys cleared it that it was not, you know, and that's something that can still be used. It's, I, I, I like this, and I think, you know, what you guys are saying, right? It just kind of, I had my heart set on Miles Turner, you know, so I'm a little bit bummed by that, but I'm really glad we didn't get Rudy. I'm with you on Rudy. That, that just, that contract and what, what he can do, it just, it's just not worth it at all yeah yeah you know and i'm all with you on hustle man when he does that thing with uh bo band bo band, yeah i'm 22 said, who's this my son how old's he 12 <laughs> you know one. it's a well-acted movie uh, but it made me want uh the star um not obviously not adam sandler uh what's his name shoot uh Juan, um, Herman uh, Gomez. Going, Wancho. Yeah, i was yeah, like hey yeah, can Wancho yeah. be available <laughs> i'm I, all I, in I, is he still playing? Yeah. Or I mean, I haven't. Yeah, he was on Wolves? Den- Denver, Denver or for a while. Juancho Hernan Gomez, Spanish okay. professional basketball player. Uh, everything's about hustle. That's but he funny. he did a great acting job in that. Utah. Really, yeah. Oh, he's in Utah now. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he played in the playoffs. That's right. Did he really? Yeah, he Sign did. Him. He, not, he only played like ten minutes a game. Bo Cruz. 
Oh, okay. But hey, he did a great acting job in that. I thought that was that was that was pretty that was pretty wild. You know, he may have featured in that. But anyway, you know, that and like I said, you guys answered most of my questions. And like I said, the only bummer part of it was is you know, I I just kinda had my heart set on Miles Turner. I but, feel you. Know, I feel you. Is, he's been a man about he, Dallas yeah. too. He's like Yeah. Yeah, he's there all the time. I think he wants to be there and that's I mean killer. he went to he went to Josh's high school. He like, did he here. He grew up. He was born in the same town that I was born in. Oh, so he's from the DFW uh, area. Yeah, then. he's oh, a yeah. West game Dad. today. He's from Bedford, Bedford, Texas. His own. Man, I, I still, if we can find a way to get him, I think <laughs> him and him and Luca would just be a match made in heaven, as far as I'm concerned. You know, and give us that rim protection that uh, that Wood may be lacking. You know, but. You know, we'll we'll see, but we got roster spots now, so Nico certainly can't be done. And uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, like you said, it's just nice to see movement, something happen. You know, that's right. Uh, so I'm I'm all I'm you know I'm all for that, and none of those guys were going to play anyway. You know, I would have liked to have seen uh, Bertrand thrown in there, so we <laughs> got off that contract. But that's yeah, that's too much to wish for. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, right. Thanks, Drew. You got it, man. Talk soon. All right, Christian, you've been hanging out forever. What's up, buddy? Hey, uh, good to good to talk to you, Kurt. Sorry, uh, I made you wait for so long, man. I apologize. No, no, don't worry about it. You know, great room as always. Uh, really enjoyed it. Um, I guess I had one question. I, you know, want to make sure you guys could get out of here at a decent time. But um, it for our taxpayer mid level, it, it what would you prefer? a uh, rim-protecting big or someone that can, again, we know the options are limited, but would you prefer kind of going after maybe like a Tom Bryant or something like that or go kind of the Joe Ingles or Otto Porter Jr. potentially, like that kind of route, get that with a wing? I would prefer a wing. Josh, you? Yes, I'm wing too, if only because if you get another big, I mean – that's Wood, Powell, Kleba, and then another big, and you're starting to run out of minutes, I think. Uh, so I, I definitely lean, lean wing with that mid-level. Yeah, that's what I, – I, I'm still really big on the idea of Joe Ingles and taking that chance just because I think, you know, both being a veteran, he's a career 40% three-point shooter, you know, can pass, all those kind of things, so – I'm in on it, but wanted to be quick. Appreciate you, fellas. Uh, hope you each have a great night, and uh, thanks for having yep, me up. Everything, buddy. Talk soon. Um, Logan, what do you got? Be quick. How's it going? Good, man. Thanks. Hello. Oh, we're doing good. I got you. Yeah, it's good. Thanks for joining. What you got? Oh. Um, well, at first I was like, oh, Christian Wood. I think we've all talked about the defense and the the bad attitude stuff, but I mean, like it's a buy low, you know, I mean, contract year, I just feel like he's going to be really motivated. Probably the last chance for him to make serious money. So for what we gave up, I don't know. Like you guys said, it's just kind of like fun. There's some upside. We really like never have upside in the front court. So, you know, I think there's some like, occasions for him and Maxi to play together. I think in general, it just makes us deeper without having to really give anything up. I was going to ask, true. 
I think the tax is probably scarier than we want to admit when it comes to like the fact the roster spots opened up. I was like, could they use the tax pyramid level and the, the traded player exception? And I was like, I just don't know if that's like they want to get that deep in the tax because they will. I don't think Cuban wants to. That's not my money. I am not crying for Mark Cuban's wallet. Well, no, me, me either by any means. I'm, I, I'm all for it. I just assume, like, I think I read somewhere it would be, it would. Yeah, yeah, I understand, man. Well, thanks so much. No problem. All right, talk soon. Okay. Inadvertently almost banned my guy there. Um, hi, Shane. How you doing? One more time with the mute, Shane. All right. Come back to Shane if he's able to request there again. Um, Tom Cato. Hi, Tom. <laughs> Why the hell are y'all still recording? I wrote an entire article, and I logged back in, and I see your tweets, and I'm like, Kirk Henderson, Josh Bo. Wait, man. Goodness, you don't, you don't get Wednesday night. <laughs> Grassroots consistency. I'm already in for a penny. I'm in for a pound. The audience, <laughs> like the audience, likes this. It's the same. Like the the vault. Like we still have 1,300 people listening, which is blowing my mind. If it was starting to drop, I'd maybe want to turn it down. But people are interested. So what you got for us, friend? How you how you how you living? I'm good. I'm good. I mean, I had to cancel some plans tonight, um, but uh, <laughs> they were not plans involving Christian Wood. Sure. So all is all is good. Um, yeah, dude. I think I think it's interesting. You know, my my focus, what I just wrote, was pretty focused on how it was smart to use the 26th pick to get off four roster spots that they had to get off of. And if you're going to take back a semi low risk, you know, flyer with upside at center, um, yeah, why not? I mean, I think I think that's pretty good dealing. Um, I'm not sure that Christian Wood is the type of defender who can play much past like the first round of the postseason. Um, I haven't listened at all. So how much are you guys aligned or not aligned with that? I'm not, I don't really care about the attitude stuff. Obviously if it's an issue, it's an issue, but it seems like it was kind of contained to a single outburst or, or, you know, it it wasn't, it wasn't indicative of of his overall career. And he is somebody who I think will positively be affected by a culture the Mavericks have really established over. Well, but but my question is like, all right, is this like even a defensively viable player once you get deep? And I'm curious how much you guys are aligned, or I, I'm assuming because we're always aligned on this that you guys <laughs> might be sort of in the same place. I mean, Stein came on and and casually stabbed me in the ribs and was like, "Yeah, I thought you wouldn't like this move," but <laughs> I I just. I, I I have to give the Mavs front office benefit of the doubt. I do. Th- it mattered a lot to me that Jonathan Fagan of the Houston Chronicle was like, "This guy's been great for two years, and he didn't, and it wasn't an easy situation." And to me, and please correct me if I'm wrong, because I think I think we count you as a beat guy. You know, you you don't have yeah. to write posts every yeah, day, but true. you're a beat reporter. When you're around there these guys every day, yeah, it, it's it's. You don't have to say something nice about a guy on the way out the door. And this man, frankly, does not have a good reputation, meaning Wood. And so it's like that's really fascinating to me that he said that. Like he's like, he's like, yeah, he's a great guy to be around for two years. He was good in a tough situation. Yeah, and I checked yeah. in with somebody at Houston, and, and they said the same thing. You know, maybe maybe he's not a he's not Theo Pinson. Look, he's he's not that. But 
he was not a consistently negative person within the locker room is what I was right. So, and I'm kind of right that, you know, for me, it's, it's just, I honestly was unaware that he was on expiring. I thought, I don't know, some part of my brain. I I thought he had one more year. And I think that just changes the, the risk uh, dramatically. And, it just make it just makes sense because you look at where they are and where can they go and when you're a cap when you're a capped out team and they're going to be capped out for a while uh, with Luca's mega contract and when they yep. sign Brunson like you kind of have to do these ty- you you have to take these kind of risky moves I mean like you can look at Milwaukee I mean it's a it's a bit lower scale player but like there were so many red flags about Bobby Portis. Uh, Remember, he had, like, attitude issues or, like, was he going to be a guy that would work hard enough to be on a good team? And Milwaukee took a chance on him, and, and he ended up playing pretty well there, you know, within their culture and their system. And I know Woods, you know, it's a different player, but just when you when you get to that level as a team, when you're, when you're capped out, like, you just kind of have to do this. Like, it, especially when you're not losing any main rotation guys, and it's only one pick. And I know I've been killing the Mavericks for years about just kind of throwing away first round picks like candy. And I wish that they would draft some guys and develop them there. But when it's for someone that's 26 years old and could maybe be a building block. And if he's not a building block, he's at least something that maybe can be desirable to other teams down the road. It just makes, it just makes sense to me. I just don't like, I don't know why you wouldn't do this even with potential downsides of maybe he doesn't become a good defender you know, if he doesn't, right. like, what are you, what are you missing if he, if it doesn't work out other than that twenty six pick? Which, to, quite frankly, the Mavericks haven't proved that that's a great asset for them. When they he's gonna those. he's gonna put up raw numbers next to Luca. There's All no right. question about that. And and you'd have to think that um, let's say they go into next season with Spencer, Spencer and Christian Wood seems like a better offer than Spencer and Tim Hardaway Jr. or Spencer right. and Dwight Powell. So if you get to a point where it's like, all right, this guy is not, he's not fitting, but oh, there's X center available. I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a Miles Turner guy. I know a lot of people are, but he's, 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 he's up this year, right? That's, that's why the talks about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm getting my, my stuff mixed up, but I'm, I'm so bad at just like throwing names out. But if there's somebody at the deadline that you like better and it's kind of like we can combine two people into one and, and just add talent that way. Um, you have to think that makes sense um, or, or just like seems more appealing than, you know, what the Mavericks would have had going into the deadline if they kept, if, if they kept the roster kind of, kind of consistent. Um, so yeah, I agree. I think it makes sense. Here's one more thing and then I'll, I'll bounce out of here. Um, one, one thing that I, I doubt y'all have talked about, I'd be surprised, but this has gone on for two hours. The Marquis Chris contract and getting guaranteed a second year. They had to do that with like something like this in mind, right? Because there's no other way that made sense on paper. I, yeah, I, was like, I lost my mind. I didn't realize he was on a second year. I was like reading the player review of that that our guy Ben turned in and was like, "Wait, he has another year? Yeah, <laughs> fully guaranteed, fully guaranteed. Yeah. Not not a not an option, not a team option, not an they." I, that still doesn't make sense to me. Like, at least put a team option on there, I, I guess. Like, I, I can't remember. I, I don't think that would affect if you if you made the trigger date early enough. That shouldn't affect it. Um, actually, it might. So maybe they did it specifically with this in mind. I I, I actually realized that earlier today. Um, I was like, how did they how did they do that? But I'm gonna give them the benefit of the doubt and say that that this is like kind of the specific scenario. Maybe not this one exactly. 
But this was a specific scenario where they looked at, you know, the three end of the bench guys, and then they kind of looked at Chris and was like, okay, if we add Chris second year guaranteed, we add that to the mix, we can actually add up into the range of, you know, and they probably said these five players, and one of them was Christian Wood. Like, I, I think that's what a, a, a smart, proactive front office does stuff like that. And so it's a little bit of a gamble if you can't get off, you know, these players and kind of a four-person, a, a four-player package. Um, but if that's what they're intending to do and they pulled it off, like, props to them. That's that's hey, that's almost gutsy. Hey, man, anything, any type of plan and execution of said plan is, like, a glass of water in the in the de- like in the desert compared to what we've seen the previous like three Chris summers. Chris Paul and Dwight are signing any second, man. Right. <laughs> Got to get Kristaps <laughs> signed at uh, at midnight. Go out to dinner while forty free agents fly off the board. Oh <laughs> man, I don't. <laughs> I don't. Big, I don't big difference. There's a big difference now between that and and what's happening right now. I don't report a ton of like like random tiny details like that, or I will in stories. I think that dinner detail was mine um they did they're yeah. just just having I, I can't i can't tell you what restaurant but uh it might have been sushi so sure of course i bet it was good sushi right. like credit to them i hope it you know, <laughs> hope it was worth it y'all saw, okay y'all sound tired don't don't go too much longer for oh yeah no my i just tweeted that my wife my yes. wife filed for divorce 25 minutes ago and she said 25 minutes ago i was granted a divorce so that's good <laughs> well i it's think really you, you know, if you if you need a, a, a rebound, I think you you and Brian Winhurst can get married. Sure, I hear you. <laughs> you know, anyways. <laughs> All right, I'm getting out of here. See y'all. Bye, Bye buddy. Okay, um, guys, I there's like seven more people waiting, and I I actually do have to go. Um, I really apologize. I love getting to everyone, but it's 150 minutes. I really I'm so 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 sorry. Uh, um, Mason Grayson. That rhyme was unfortunate. Nathan and DJ, I really, I, I'll please come on. We'll do it again. We'll talk soon, okay? Um, Josh, thanks so much for hanging out the whole time. You're the best. Yeah, this was fun. I appreciate yeah. it. All right, guys, this will go up on a pod soon. Please check up our site. Josh might write something. Uh, CBA Mavs wrote something, which was uh, really informative. Josh wrote a news breaking piece, and we'll have more in the coming days. I'm still going to publish some of our. Uh, draft stuff just because i like reading about the draft and just have to write editor's notes this has been kirk Henderson and josh bow with mavs party everyone have a great rest of your week bye guys